Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Greetings from the Gunpoint Coast, so we can getting shorter if they are in the entire northern hemisphere. And I'm really happy because I'm getting sick of 97-degree weather and sweltering, ridiculous heat. Um, we got Brianna on the line. I'm going to get right to her in just a second. But I had to uh, announce something that happened earlier this morning. Um, I post a story from uh, Gateway Pundit, uh, one of my favorite sources of information, onto Facebook. And this was on the, the death of Joe the Plumber. And for those who don't remember, Joe the Plumber was the one that uh, stood in Obama's face. When he said, Obama says, well, you've got to share the wealth. Joe the Plumber's like, I don't want to share the wealth. <laughs> you know, you're stealing money from me and giving it to everybody else. I said, I'm just a working guy out here. Anyway, the clip's, uh, uh, it's on Gateway Pundit. It's not on my Facebook page because apparently uh, posting a story about Joe the Plumber and uh, Barack Obama is a violation of cybersecurity policies. And so I've got a suspension. I can't use my groups, all 25 groups, for, for an entire day. Oh, boy. And so everybody else has to post everything for me. But uh, that's something that I want to inquire about. I'll ask Brianne about it, but uh, let's get going with her report. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combined into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with... Brianna Cannon. Well, happy Tuesday to you. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing good. That's good. Been super Sorry. busy. Yeah. So you're, you're back in school now. What's going on? What's your What's your story? Do you still have time for us? I hope. Yes. Hopefully, as much as possible. Okay. Well, if you have to miss a week, that's okay. Everybody does, except me. I'm kind of stuck here. If I miss things, the show is radically different. But uh, anyway, um, you were in the news recently, you said. Um, is that something you, you can tell us a little bit about or any uh, any reaction from it? What, uh, what caused you to uh, be a, a news star besides what you do here? Um, well, it was really just kind of like the local news. Like um, whenever something happens, they mm-hmm. just go around and like give people's like opinion on things. Mm-hmm. Um and I was just one of the people, and it was at a school board meeting um, for Ryan Walters and Tulsa Public Schools, and he was exposing a lot of um, the corruption that's been going on with the misuse of funds, and um, so there's actually, like, multiple problems with it, but for the funding, supposedly they had misused $400,000, and mm-hmm. there's a million dollars that has gone unaccounted for, which means they don't How know where that? it is. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And they <laughs> have a like problem with all that, of the funds and the money. Yeah, that's serious money at this point, yeah. Especially for a school board, that's that's crazy. Yeah. And a lot of the money has stopped at um, 
kind of the administration level and supposedly mm. isn't getting down to the um, actual schools and the kids. Mm. And like that's the never education, happened? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a widespread thing. Um, I yeah. think that's in a lot more schools than just Tulsa. But Tulsa is the uh, largest school system in Oklahoma. So I think mm. that's why they're um, focusing on Tulsa first. I'm sure they'll be going to, like, the Oklahoma um, City Public Schools and probably Putman City ones and such afterwards. Um, but the education standards have dropped really, really low. Um, less than 5% of the students in Tulsa Public Schools are reading on level, which means over 95% of the students are reading below their grade level. So You'd have to work. You'd have to work really hard to make 95% of the students actually read below the grade level, considering the grade level is probably not that tough a standard to begin with anyway. So how do you, how do, how do you de-educate? How do you make 95% of your students actually score lower by accident if they never even went to school and the parents maybe taught a little phonics and the kids started reading on their own? You'd have you know half or more just by accident above you know, reading level and probably half below. That's what the average is. So how do you get 95% below? They have to work at that. That, that takes effort to make kids that stupid. If I was to give my best guess, uh-huh. I would say it's because they don't have the children reading anything. <laughs> Actually, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, are they using phonics or are they doing the, the, the look-say non-method of reading? Or whatever it's called. Um, I don't exactly know how the system works in Tulsa. Um, I to find out. A lot of people have said that it's very um, woke in the policies that they put in. Um, mm-hmm. I know that one of the things at the meeting was he was requesting all their policies on pronouns because I guess that it got pronouns. out of hand or something. I'm not exactly sure everything that happened with it. Um, well, so here's that was question. one of the other problems Here's a question I just thought of. If you're taking a, a scholastic aptitude or any kind of aptitude test that tests English and you use woke pronouns, that test should downgrade you. So if you say they for something that's singular, that's just grammatically incorrect, besides being stupid. Um, but, it, but politically, it's acceptable. <laughs> you know, so, so we've got this well, – think about that. You can actually score lower. If the teacher is teaching, well, I, I'm really a, a non-binary, I'm vague. No, you're not. You're, you know, my personal pronouns are I and me. Those are your personal pronouns too. You know, the other, the singular pronouns are he, she. You know, uh, the the plural pronouns are we and they. Uh, that's kind of like basic English. You know, we're talking like third grade. But can you get downgraded for using political? Let's call. Them, oh, I like the, you like the term political pronouns. Let's call them political pronouns. I'm gonna put that. In, I'm gonna write that down. It's my new term for the day. So can you get downgraded for that? Or are those, are those now acceptable on scholastic aptitude tests? And the people that use, you know, basically English pronouns. You know, I, me, you, they, we, correctly. Uh, are they downgraded on tests because they're not using political pronouns? I don't know. I mean, you would think so, like, logically. Uh-huh. But at this stage, you really don't know, and I probably wouldn't know. Um, Logic left. <laughs> I know Logic in left assignments, <laughs> like... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I know in assignments, like, sometimes... If you have, like, an entire essay in, like, let's say, third person, and then randomly you just add in, like, a sentence that's in first person point of view or something, or one in first, one in second, 
you know, you're probably going to get graded down because it's out of place and it, it's confusing. But, right. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. You know, I, I was just thinking. Uh, speaking of everything being uh, out of rationality, I think I think rationality died November third, twenty twenty, when the election was stolen, and everything since then has just been hell. You know, uh, from from COVID to everything else. Uh, oh, actually, no, that started. No, that would have been earlier. So when did so let's let's say uh, let's say January first of twenty nineteen is when everything went to hell. <laughs> just kind of just drop from there, and we've been living in, in an Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass uh, thing ever since. Um, like like. I was censored today. I've got restrictions. I've got 25 about Facebook groups. I, say, I think it's 24 with one, the, the uh, Dr. Zelenko Action Radio Coronavirus Clearinghouse, my most successful group, because we actually had cures for people. We had uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and people could talk directly to Dr. Zelenko. Uh, so obviously, we had, they had to ban that. Um, but I've got all these groups, and, and for posting a story, uh, do you remember Joe the Plumber? This, this might be a bit before your political awareness. Do you know the story of Joe the Plumber? No, I do not. And I have to review it too. Apparently, he was in a crowd, and Obama was just, you know, doing stuff, just you know, shaking hands. And this guy comes up to him and says, "Hey, that big tax plan you said that doesn't affect, uh, you know, us working people." I said, he says, "Yes, it does. This is, you're taking my money away." And Obama says, "Well, we have to share the wealth." And he's like, "No, you don't. <laughs> it's my wealth. You're not going to share my. I work for it. <laughs> take it from people. Don't, you know, take it from somewhere else. <laughs> take it from your government programs. So don't take it from me." Well, apparently, that caused a big stir, and of course, he became persona non grata. Everybody hated him until he became a commentator on Fox News. Now, he's dead at 49 years old from pancreatic cancer. Yes, that happens. Yes, that is a terrible tragedy. Yes, 49 is a reasonable age that someone might get pancreatic cancer. I lost a a friend of mine who's older. He was an airplane designer and builder, and uh, he built experimental airplanes, and he he got it and went very quickly. Uh, So it's a terrible – Patrick Swayze died of pancreatic cancer. However, (laughs) the fact that they censored my story – Right. And then they said it was because of a cybersecurity issue. I violated some rule, yet they can't tell me what rule are they, you know, and there's no, there's no relation to Joe the plumber. Joe the plumber is just a dude out there. <laughs> you know, he's a plumber, literally, you know, and, and all of a sudden, and, and it just seems mysterious. And I put, I, I made a little side comment that it's kind of strange that he died right before election season. A lot of strange things are happening before election season. All of Trump's indictments are, are before election season. There are no Democrat indictments before election season. This is this is going to our, our theme here that we're in Alice in Wonderland. This is weird. Uh, have you been censored lately, or anything you post? Or what do you think of my uh, of Gateway Pundit um, being almost like a, a lightning rod for censorship? Um, yeah, I actually I read quite a bit from Gate, <laughs> Gateway Pundit, but uh-huh. I think that I know of. Um, I don't actually go back and check anything, though. Um, uh, I think I've only been censored on one post, and it was a meme, so I don't know. Huh. Let me give you the story that would probably get me censored, too. I love reading stories on the show that, it, that have been censored on Facebook just because it amuses me. This is Gateway Pundit you know, by Christina Lila, L-A-I-L-A, August 28th. So that would be yesterday. Joe the Plumber, man who confronted Barack Obama on 2008 campaign trail about his socialist tax plan dead at 49. That just seems weird to me. This is Joe the Plumber, the man who confronted Barack Obama, passed away at the age of 49. Recall Samuel Joseph Wurzelbacher. That's his real name. Also known as Joe the Plumber. Well, that's a mouthful. Mr. Wurzelbacher, what do you think of this? <laughs> anyway, so anyway, so he became Joe the Plumber. He became a central part of John McCain's campaign after he confronted Obama on his socialist tax and spend plans. Wurzelbacher? 
a Christian plumber who was preparing to purchase a small business confronted Obama in Toledo, Ohio, and became an overnight sensation. Yeah, it's like that guy Livingston that became the uh, lieutenant governor, I think, in North Carolina for his speech about gun rights, you know, before uh, uh, city council. Anyway, uh, he says, I'm getting ready to buy a company that makes 280000 a year. Your new tax plan is going to tax me more, Wurzbacher tells Obama. Obama rattled off his Marxist talking points and eventually admitted Wurzbacher's taxes would indeed increase. Barack Obama told Joe the plumber he should be happy to pay more taxes because it's good to, quote, spread the wealth around. Obama spread the wealth around comment to Joe the plumber was used in debates and campaign ads. Yeah, every, when, when Obama said that, we all went crazy. So, oh, he finally said something honest. <laughs> Obama slipped. You know, but uh, spread the wealth around, that's, that's Marxism 101. You know, from each according to his means, in other words, you're able to make, to each according to their needs, which means when someone else wants that you've already made. You know, that's, that's central communi- to communism right there. Anyway, so, so he's dead right before election season. I just find that strange. Brianna? Yeah. What does your inquiring mind think of this? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, that's a good answer. Yeah, it, I want to look more into it. You know, I hadn't mm-hmm. heard before because it's all new to me. But you mm. know, I'm not actually surprised that I hadn't heard of it. But oh yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I've got an advantage. I've lived through most of it, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but uh, I, but I love your insights, you know. And this is why I love having you on the show. I mean, the contrast between you know you and me, just just in age alone, is what forty five years or something like that, maybe more than that. Uh, but that's that's huge. That's like two generations. Probably. So we're two generations away from each other in terms of time, and that makes for I think some really interesting discussions. What were you gonna say? You know what? Okay, something that has been interesting to me that I, I've just figured out lately. Like whenever I was, I've been talking to people, some mm-hmm. interesting things that people don't know of. Okay. First off, the one that really surprised me is and I was caught. It happened with one person. I was talking to them, and they didn't know what tyranny was. They were like, oh, what's that? Like, they'd never heard of the word itself before. Really? And I was shocked. So then I was like, okay, I'll ask other people. Because, like, this is probably just a fluke, like one person. <laughs> and a couple of other people. Actually, that's – Didn't I know what tyranny was. Yeah, okay, so now I'd be curious, too. Okay, so, so you're, you're, you're getting the vibe of being, a, of being an investigator. So, so what else did you find? Now I'm really curious. Okay, and then the other one was yesterday. That I found out. So I haven't asked anybody else. So this one was just one. It was the word communism. Uh huh. They didn't know what it was. Like, like it was a new thing. Wait a minute. And then a couple of days ago, I was asking. I would think most people know what it is, but they have the wrong definition, wouldn't they? I mean, people know what communism is, or they think they know what communism is, but they think of it in a good way. So do they have a no definition or a wrong definition? You're talking about people had no definition for communism. Yeah, like they don't know what that is. Like they huh. didn't even know it was like a system of government at all or anything. Wow. Yeah. And then there is um, – I was talking to a group of people a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. And because they were talking about this artist that was like put in prison because some of the art, I guess, that he made was like contrary to what the Chinese government believed in. Mm. So I was talking to him about China. <laughs> and <laughs> – um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take the opportunities, right? Absolutely. Oh and, no, no. You, you, you're fascinating. I mean, this is this is great stuff. So, uh, so then what happened? Some of them didn't know who Mao was. They had no idea of like 
the cultural revolution or anything. That, so this is all by design, uh, that people don't know who these words are. Uh, what, what kind of group? Is this uh, younger folks? Are these politically left folks? Are these just an arbitrary group, people you know? How, tell me about the group. Who are these folks? Um, so the age range was um, my age and then a couple years older and then probably okay. like 30s and probably somebody mm. in their 40s and probably somebody mm-hmm. in their 50s. So it was pretty staggering. So that's a broad range. Okay, so now it's getting even more interesting. How many of them went uh, – how many of them did not go to government schools? I think every single one of them did, I think. They all went to government schools? Not completely okay, so, positive, but, yeah, I'm pretty right. sure. Okay, so there's your common factor right there. So I would say that if you got the same group, age group distribution of people that went through homeschool and private school, you'd get a much different result. Would that be fair? Probably. I mean, I went to a school, and I remember um, – I learned about it in school. Like, it wasn't very in-depth or anything, but I remember we mm-hmm. covered it in, like, part of the lesson. Was it high school, junior high? When about were you taking it? Was it, like, a political philosophy class or, or, or just a general government class, or what was it? I think it was a high school history class. Okay. I, For me, though, I had learned originally from it. I think it was from my parents, probably, because huh. I had known about it before that, too. So I'm pretty sure it's probably my parents. But in class, it was ninth grade. Yeah, I think that's my year I learned about it. Okay. Yeah, ninth grade. Yeah, I mean, if you ask that same group of people. It was like people, with Armenian it, genocides and right. such. Oh, see, that's World War One. That's 1915. That's really ancient history for a lot of folks. Because and people don't realize that <laughs> World War One. You can't study World War World War Two without studying World War One. Because World War One led directly to World War Two, with a bunch of intervening years in between, which had a depression. You know, the hottest temperatures, the real hottest temperatures on record, and a bunch of other things. What were you gonna say? I'm curious. I think we oh no, that your... that was it. Yeah. Okay, so if if this is the, this is the group, um, now I, I believe all ignorance is by design. That there's a reason that if – well, yeah, because if you teach people about communism and then they see communism coming out of uh, an illegal brand in government, they're going, wait a minute, that's communism. I don't want that. Whereas if they don't know what it is or if they're taught that it's somehow benevolent or, or we should share the wealth. I mean, when Obama said share the wealth, he really said from each according to his means to each according to their, their needs. In other words, what you have you know, and if someone else needs it, they get it. That's communism. Um, Do you ever hear yeah. the, the, the – I feel like the one person – uh-huh. That didn't know it. I, I'm pretty sure that that was a fluke. I think it was just probably a one-person thing. Okay, that's different. Because if you yeah. mention Hitler to people, everybody's heard of Hitler, but did they know that he was a leftist? I'd say only one in a thousand people would know that. Because they always say, what's well, right-wing yeah. dictatorship? Like a mantra. Which goes back to my original premise that uh, assumptions are stronger than truth. I was talking to somebody about that just that the, about this just the other day. I don't know if it was on the air off. But they were saying that most people believe or they believe the, the COVID shot. Oh, it was yesterday with uh, Dorothy Diana on, on our Sex and Sensuality Report. And we're talking about communication. And we're talking about the COVID mandates coming back. And she, because she's an educator, a psychologist, uh, really fascinating person. Anyway, so we're talking about the conditioning of people. And how folks, you know, can believe that it's they're, they're safer with a mask, even though we know, even if they, even if they know the mask doesn't work, they still feel safer with it. That's 
fear. That's psychosis. So if you can convince people to wear a mask that, that they intrinsically know doesn't work, so they'll feel better, you can convince them that there is no tyranny, that we're not communists, that uh, Joe Biden actually won the election because he's so talented and brilliant and because all his policies were favored by a majority of the American people. I mean, th- I mean that's obvious, right? I'm like, Geez. I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> you know, but, it, it, but the psychology is very interesting. So why would you dumb people down to not know about communism tyranny? The only reason I can think of is post-communism and tyranny and not have people recognize it. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things by um, the, uh, gosh, who was it? I don't remember the guy's name, but he was talking about it. And this one is more of like a conspiracy thing, and it's not something I can prove, but it definitely makes things make sense, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. If you understood, that works out. But he was saying that there is some kind of like intrinsic value with uh, um, the elite group. I'm, I'm guessing he's talking about like the Committee of 300, I think is what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And he was saying there's like a kind of like a rule that they have where it was like they know that there is some kind of benevolent force out there keeping mm-hmm. them from imposing their plans on other people. And so one of the rules is that they must have people willingly accept it. And so they're saying like it'll be to a point where it's so small that by the time that they've imposed it on people, they've accepted in all these bits and pieces that they don't even realize that they have accepted you. That actually makes a lot of sense. That's right out of Orwell, um, 1984. Uh, there is a belief that if you really want to take over people, you have to take over their minds. You have to make them believe that what you're doing is good and right and just, and they have to accept it. It's, it because you can, you can put somebody in a gulag, you can torture them, you can kill them. But you can never kill their ideas. You ever see the movie V for Vendetta? It's a little violent at times, but it's fascinating. No, but I did read that in Orwell. It was like okay. they don't kill you; they make you love Big Brother. And then at the end, the what was his name? Like Winston was yep. like, "I love Big Brother," and they killed him. Mm-hmm, yeah, because once he'd accepted, there's nothing more they could they could do to him or for him. I mean, he'd accepted it. So, so what that tells me is that resistance. You know, unlike the Borg, <laughs> resistance is futile. Resistance is essential. And so I'm seeing, well, I'm seeing signs on all over the place on Facebook, which I'm going to start reacting to. It says, I will not comply. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that was three years ago. Okay. Now you have to say, I will openly resist and defeat. You know, where, I mean, I will not comply is, is, is nice, but it's not strong enough anymore. We need to be a lot bolder than that. Brianna, yeah. What do you got this morning? What's been on your mind? So since it was probably like, I don't know, like two weeks or something, two or three weeks <laughs> ago that I had had this, I don't <laughs> exactly stuff, know. Stuff happens. Yeah, time is kind of like a continuum, right? <laughs> yeah. Welcome but to adulthood. I've seen like a couple of videos <laughs> continued like since, like a lot of people um, have been sending out videos. And then uh-huh. I know Josie sent me one, but I couldn't ever get it to play. It just kept loading. And then I mm. pressed the play button and it flicked on and off. And so that's well, I'm sure she'll happily explain it in the next so. hour. <laughs> Sorry, Josie. Yeah. I'm sure she's probably talked about some of the stuff in Maui, too. So I might be double saying stuff here. 
Well, that's okay. But, you know, my feeling on Maui is very different. I think there's a very logical explanation. In fact, they're, they're coming out with reports now. Uh, I've got a story that actually did get posted before I was censored uh, that talks about, I think, the seven reasons that uh, the fires happen. And they're all the reasons we talked about. Fires, you know, and, and, and when you talk about, you know, being able to prove something, I meant to make this point earlier, you don't have to be able to prove it so much I mean, because a lot of times you can't get the proof. Uh, but what you can do is use the logic and reason filter. Go through the evidence in your mind. Go through the, the logical steps and see if it makes sense. Uh, so it may not be proven, but it can still make sense. So the Maui fires, you know, and people are talking about uh, direct energy weapons and, and stuff and all these other things. I think it's possible that an environmental wacko or several started some of the fires. But I think the main reason is the power lines are bad. They were above ground where they shouldn't have been. They had hurricane-force winds. I mean, 74 miles an hour is a Category 1 hurricane, and these were over 75 miles an hour. Uh, so they had that. They had dry uh, grass and brush that they had that not with cleared. The hurricane. Uh-huh. I, I heard that the okay. hurricane, that I've heard that it was started by, but I've also heard some saying that it was too far away to make a big impact on Hawaii. But honestly, I don't know which way it no, is. They I think you're wind. right. There is a bunch of different ways yeah, that yeah. the fire could have started. And mm-hmm. the problem is there is so many different stories on how the fire could have started that we well, don't power really lines, know. We know power lines start fires because we know they started them in California twice. Uh, San Bruno, which wasn't far from where I used to live across the bay, uh, and Paradise, uh, California, which had wildfires killed over 80 people. And so those are started by power lines because PG&E, being a woke leftist corporation, Pacific Gas and Electric, let all kinds of growth grow up around their power lines. They were idiots. And then, of course, when they, they clashed together, broke or sparked or anything that happened, uh, and they sparked and caught uh, the dry you know, grass and brush on fire, of course, up they went. And with the high winds, off they go. That's what happened with the Oakland fires. Now, the Oakland fires were spread because they planted Australian eucalyptus trees. And the eucalyptus oil, although it smells good when you have a cold, is also incredibly flammable. So those trees explode. Idiots. Um, but the thing is, these are known causes. We know the power lines when they're down, you know, if you leave the power in them. So the two biggest problems were uh, Hawaii Electric left the power lines charged even when they were down. So they're still spouting electricity everywhere. And Hawaii Water, their woke water person, his revered water, refused to open up the, uh, the fire hydrants. They, they, they kept the water from going to the, the firefighters. And the firefighters left early, apparently, too. That's another thing I heard. They thought, well, it's contained. We can go home now. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> You know, yeah, that was one of the things, too, is a lot of, like, the government failure. Mm-hmm. And some people even good. said that the government was um, working with other governments, too. There's a lot of conspiracies along that line, too. Mm, I don't think so. This 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 seems to me a, a case of typical government negligence. They didn't blast the sirens, and the excuse Probably. was they said, well, we didn't want to think, have people think it was a tsunami. Well, they wouldn't. All they do is turn on the AM radio, and they know immediately that it's a fire, <laughs> you know, besides they'll see the smoke. You know, and so they didn't do the sirens. The water was off. The power was on. And the officials were over in Hawaii at an emergency preparedness meeting. So everything went wrong. It, it was like, uh, and, the, and the, you know, it's like the, they had a red flag warning. There was a red flag uh, weather event. And they did nothing about it. They just did everything wrong because they're government. That's, what, that's, how, that's how they operate. Yeah. And I have a question. So sure. if the ground was, like, burned and, like, the, the fire, whatever, the wildfire, oh. right? Mm-hmm. How long does it take for grass to grow back again? Grows immediately. Fires are the most okay. fertile soil. Uh, the only thing better is volcanic uh, ash and lava. Well, not lava, lava's rock. But if you notice that all the greatest growing regions are the, the, the greatest vineyards are next to volcanoes, <laughs> Vesuvius, you know, in Italy, everybody lives around Vesuvius. Why? Because the soil is fabulous. 
You know, it's uh, it's kind of weird how these things work. You know, floods are pretty good too for for you know keeping an area damp and having plenty of water. Uh, next to waterfalls is good because they have a mist constantly. Um, it's, it's it's interesting where people. I lived in San Francisco for thirty years, knowing full well it had earthquakes, and I was there for the '89 earthquake. Happy to tell you all about it, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, I, my joke is that I, I was in uh, in New England in 1978 for the blizzard. I was in San Francisco in '89 um, for the earthquake. I was here in 2020 for Hurricane Sally, and I tell my friends I should move either next to a volcano or a floodplain. What do you think? <laughs> like the you know, or, or 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 Oklahoma get a tornado experience. I haven't had that, although we do get them around here. But uh, yeah, so you know, it's wherever you go, something can happen. But, but some of the but there are reasons that people live in these places. You know, I mean, there are islands there that are volcanic islands, but they're absolutely beautiful. So you know, it's a trade-off. Uh, why not live there? Why not live next to Vesuvius? Even though Pompeii's there, and we know what happened. <laughs> so you know, good days, bad days. Buddy. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Hawaii's volcanic. You know, I climbed Diamond Head with my daughter several years ago with a broken ankle. <laughs> that was kind of weird. Hurt like hell too. It was it was awful, but uh, I was determined. So I climbed, so I had broken my ankle about three months previously. It just got healed, and I was climbing, and I climbed 650 stairs to the top of Diamond Head. That's stupidity, <laughs> but I'm really proud I did it. But anyway, but that's a volcano. Diamond Head's a you know that could that can blow anytime, even though people are living in, inside the, the the cone. You know, but uh, imagine waking up inside a volcano every day. But people do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So Maui was predictable. Maui was, uh, I think, uh, I think Occam's razor. You know, the the simplest solution is, the, it's, it's a Latin phrase. It doesn't exactly mean this, but it, it translates roughly to the simplest solution is usually the most accurate. You know, the power lines broke. They started fires. The wind whipped up the fires. The water was off. The power was on. And the officials were nowhere to be seen. And that pretty much explains it. Yeah. Um... I think. Mm-hmm. See, I don't have any proof for how it started. So to me, the, there's a bunch of different plausible theories. And so I'm not Go really going to take a stance until I do actually know it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. There is more logical kind of ideas. And there's more of like the conspiracy kind of ideas. But I do mm-hmm. well, where do you draw up, the line? Um, how do you draw a line between what's a, what, what do you think of as a normal theory and a conspiracy theory? Even though it doesn't mean the conspiracy theories are wrong. But where do you, where do you make that distinction? Because I have that argument with Josie every week pretty much now. How do you tell which is which? Okay, so I guess um, the general things, uh, the more logical ones, I guess you'd say, um, mm-hmm. like you're talking about, is thus that, you know, is more like accidental or is more just everyday stuff, stuff that's more common. Um, and it doesn't actually have much of like an underlying meaning to it or anything. Well, a conspiracy mm-hmm. is something more... Where, um, and a lot of times, you know, whenever you see conspiracy, it's um, normally unproven. But in this case, the general idea and the conspiracy, both of them are kind of unproven. So the conspiracy is anything that's kind of got this underlying meaning where it was done, like, purposefully for um, for a uh, purpose, I guess, that purposely kind of... For an evil purpose, generally, a nefarious purpose. Yeah, yeah, there's got to be, you know. yeah. Yeah, well, like there's something more to it. Like there's a plan, like an undermine. I wonder how the term conspiracy theorist or conspiracy theory got so demonized. Because there are conspiracies. You know, stealing the election was a conspiracy. Um, there's a bunch of conspiracies, you know. If I you, still if, love the joke of like, 
the uh-huh. original conspiracy theory was proven true. You know, the JFK. <laughs> yeah. It's like the original conspiracy theory was true. I thought that was mm-hmm. funny. Well, it, it is funny, but I'm also been, I've started calling them ongoing investigations. So if you replace the term conspiracy theory with ongoing investigation, you know, the whole perception changes. So let's talk about an ongoing investigation. In yeah. And now it's like, oh, what do you mean? Well, the reason I picked that term is because once it's called an ongoing investigation, you can't ask about it because it's an ongoing investigation. And we don't want to mess up the investigation. Of course, my response is, well, how do you know the investigation yeah, is well, going correctly? Yeah, well, I know correctly? that they have. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I'm I'm going to read these things in a minute, but I know, like, um, possibly Josie has talked about this, about uh-huh. them restricting, like, supplies from Red Cross and stuff to any of the people. So they can't I haven't heard get that. any of, like, the food and medicine yeah. and gas. And people are, like, posting videos and stuff. Some of them are for help. Some of them are, like, you know, what do we do? There is one who... Um, basically had turned his house, or was it his grandma's house, I don't remember, into mm-hmm. kind of like the shelter where a bunch of people are coming. And he was like, I don't have enough food and water for all these people, but I can't go out and get any from anywhere else because I won't be able to get back to my home. And, yeah, that's like, there's people that will try and, like, bring in gasoline, I guess, so mm-hmm. people can just get in their cars and leave. Mm-hmm. And they won't even let them bring the gasoline in. And they're restricting, like, reporters and um, anybody from coming in. They won't let people be um, taking any pictures or videos of anything. There's one person, one journalist who was trying to fly a drone over to mm-hmm. it. And the right. government remotely had grounded the drone and wouldn't let it go. So there's a lot, like, they're not letting people in to take a lot of pictures and stuff. But there's still um, citizens are able to get some of the uh, pictures and videos out. Um, and I've kind of seen more and more, like, coming out. I think I've probably seen about six or seven of them now from, like, citizens, maybe. Um, that was to guess. I haven't actually been counting it. Yeah. So I've heard the basically the big humanitarian crisis. Yeah, I've heard a couple of things. I've heard the uh, journalist was reporting that uh, they actually did get in, but uh, they're restricting um, – non-residents because they just don't want the place flooded with non-residents. They have enough problems just trying to help the residents out. That was one issue. The other one was I read a report that the water's bad, that the water the government was giving out. So drink bottled water only. Um, that's a problem. Uh, as far as purposely restricting supplies, I just think they're incompetent. It's an island, so it's harder to get stuff there. You don't just truck it in. You got to fly it in or, or take it in a boat. Everything that comes, this is the problem with Hawaii. It's one of the reasons it's so expensive is that everything has to come in by airplane or boat. You know, that, that makes, you know, trucks are really good for getting stuff, you know, all around the country. You know, if you have a big interstate in Oklahoma, there was I'm one sure video. You, you know, a couple of them. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there was one video um, of, I don't, I think it was like a policeman or something. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait, that's a different. Okay, I'll tell you about this video first. Okay, so this video was just a um, citizen of some sort, and he was videoing all these pets like wrapped in like um, cling wrap or cells and whatever you call it um, that I guess FEMA had brought in but they said mm-hmm. that you can't we can't give it to anybody unless you're with FEMA or something like that and so they weren't they had all these supplies but they weren't giving it out to any of the people and weren't letting anybody have any of the supplies they were just sitting there like for show or something I don't know oh. but he was like right next to it and he was saying they won't let us have anything but I don't know because that was of course just you know, the citizen, like, right there saying it. But um, 
There's that. Well, this is a pattern. If you notice that, um, and it, it seems to be Democrats are, are uh, uniquely unqualified to do anything. You look at Democrat managed cities; they're horrible. They're full of crime. You look at uh, East uh, Palestine, Ohio, where the train derailed. That they're still having massive problems there. Um, there's another train derailment somewhere else. It's not as bad, but they they kind of cover these things up. They don't they don't talk about them. Now you got the the fires in Maui, and nothing's happening. Remember when Trump was in charge? And he would fly to the disaster within, you know, 24 hours. He'd be there. He'd be, he'd like buy everybody's stuff, yeah. you know, pizza, water, the whole bit. And I was taken care of. It's, I'm on got, vacation. Uh, yeah, well, but actually we're safer when he's on vacation. Now, because, now we know he's not in charge anyways. So to me, it's, it's, he's the one president. It doesn't matter if he's on vacation or not. He's not doing anything anyway. You know, he's, he's not running anything. Everybody knows that. But But the thing is, it's just it's the Democrats in general. They're just not capable of organizing and doing it. It's like they want all the power and all the control, but they have no capacity to to use it for anything good. It's like empty power. They just want more power, more control over more people's lives. And what do they want to do now? Bring back masks and uh, mandates and lockdowns. And there's yet another COVID jab, which is probably going to be, you know, either just as deadly or, or more so than the previous ones. And yet nobody nobody calls him on it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you um, a question on the on the. All right, go ahead. What are you gonna say? I, I had uh, a segue. Um, I just have, I think. Oh, one more video. Um. Okay. No, go there's two more things, and then I was gonna read part of this, but you can go okay. ahead. Okay. No, no, go ahead. All right. Ask well, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you quickly then. The Trump indictments. Um. Everybody's been over them. They're all bogus. We know that. That's not what I'm concerned about. What I'm concerned about is that the Republicans have not arrested a single Democrat. They have not prosecuted a single district attorney for for prosecutorial misconduct. They have not screamed and yelled every single day that this is taking away people's votes for the candidate of their choice. This is election sabotage. This is this is voter restriction. Uh, this is election fraud to to deny Trump the ability to get on ballots. They're doing nothing. Is anybody talking about that where you are? Anybody upset? Or is it just me? Yes. Yes. So I, w- I was in this one meeting, and we were talking to the uh, one of our representatives. Um, uh-huh. And a lot of us agree with, like, the stances he takes and what he stands for. But I uh-huh. think there's kind of like this common thing that hasn't really been stated amongst us, but I know I've talked about it with my family. It's like he's not really a fighter, you know, has good values, but he, he's not – pushing enough of it like he did this one thing but you know we need to see more like outside of it and um, at the meeting someone was talking to him and it was about uh, removing those that are corrupt or have um, done something illegal or violated um, their oath or, or have done something wrong that is bounds or that is grounds for removing them from office mm-hmm. um, why don't why doesn't the legislature do that you know why are you guys not um doing impeachments for Biden because he's one of our congressmen. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, well, we don't want to do that. We're not going to do something like that, you know. And he was talking about, like, this one part of the Constitution about, like, the grounds for impeachment is, like, um, bribery, high crimes, and smells or whatever. Treason, bribery, and, high crimes, and misdemeanors. And I, yeah, I had yeah. used it in the bill that I wrote. But the mm-hmm. thing is, there's also other laws that back up removing them from office. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the one thing. And so... Malfeasance I mean, it's just It seems mind. like it's a scapegoat. Yep, yep. 
it's like well, they're kind of trying to scapegoat not to have to do it. And it's like, why? Like, why would you not want to do this? So that's what's that's, kind of like the question yeah. I'm at right now. Like, we have these good people that stand with the mm-hmm. same values, that realize the same exact problems, and we're telling them our concerns and what they should be doing, and they're like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. So it's like, I don't know, frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you get my article on? Like, I was talking uh, about this one. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to send you an article real quick. Uh, look up House Resolution, I think it's like 3386, if I'm right here. I was showing it to one of the congressmen, and he didn't believe it was a real thing, but, you know. Oh, really? Congress passed it, so it's real. Uh, House, Re- so House Resolution, which one? This, uh, 3386, Smart Cities and Communities Act of 2021. That was a Republican Congress, wasn't it, in oh. the House? 2021, um, yes, probably. 3386. Wait, no, that was in 2022 and we took the House, right? I don't know. Yeah, 2022. Okay, so uh, House Resolution 3386, 117th Congress. Remote. Here we go. This should be interesting. Um, let's break it down to a reasonable size. Representative Del Benny and Susan Kay, House Energy is kind of. Da, 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 da. Yes. Okay, what's it called? It's short title Smart Cities and Communities okay. Act of 2021. Look at the committees oh. in this, though. Look <sighs> at the committees. Okay, it's Science, Technology, and Communication. Energy and Commerce. Right. Energy and Commerce, Science, Space, mm-hmm. Technology. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Education and labor and foreign uh-huh. affairs. That is interesting. What what, what do you uh, get from that? Oh, it's um, it's pretty obvious in the text of it. Do you want to read it or do you want me to? No, no, go ahead. Feel free. I do enough reading on the show. Okay. It says this bill establishes programs for the implementation and use of smart technologies and systems in communities of various sizes. A smart city or community is one in which innovative, innovative, advanced, and trustworthy information, communication, and energy technologies are applied to improve health and quality of life for residents. Those are air quotes. Uh-huh. Increase efficiency of operations and services, mm-hmm. promote economic growth, and create a community that is safer and more secure, equitable, sustainable, resilient, livable, and workable. <laughs> the Department of Commerce shall establish a regional demonstration grant program focused on facilitating adoption and allowing measurement and validation of performance of advanced smart city or community technologies and systems in a variety of communities, including small and medium-sized cities and rural tribal communities. Commerce shall also convene a cybersecurity working group to develop tools for evaluating the cybersecurity of smart city or community technologies. The Department of Labor shall establish... Hold on, I, I got to stop there. This is, this is, first of all, it's too funny. We're going to back the first paragraph. Why would you need cybersecurity for a smart city or community? What are they trying to hide? Oh, they don't want the people to know anything the government's doing. Of course. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> Department of Labor. Oh, have you heard of the um, Blade Runners? 
Well, that was a movie a long time ago, Blade Runner, but I don't. Uh, what, what are we talking about now? That's what my dad said when I told him about that. Oh my yeah. gosh. We'll get you caught up. We got. A, I okay. got a long movie so, list for you. I got V for Vendetta. We've got Blade Runner. What else do I have to? Uh, you've already seen 1984, but there's some good. There's some good political films out there. Not anymore, of course. Oh, did I tell oh, no, you? I haven't you ever... seen 1984. <laughs> I only read it. Oh, okay. It's probably better. Um, did you ever see the Rocky Horror Picture Show? You'd be about uh, right age for it now, actually. Did you ever hear um, about this movie? I've seen a. <laughs> um. I don't know. My dad showed me like a song, like a video song that was really weird. Sweet transvestite. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the theme song. So I post that because I'm thinking to myself, you know, the only way to make the only the the, the ways you get out of uh, mass psychosis is uh, truth, ridicule. And parallel structures. Action Radio is a parallel structure. We have an alternative. We have, actually have a people's legislature as opposed to a special interest legislature. And so that's what we do. But uh, Rocky Horror was the last time you could make fun of transvestites because you can't do that anymore because they're, so, they're a civil rights group. And so it was – I post that video clip, Sweet Transvestite, and I couldn't find one. Right. The only one I found had Spanish subtitles, and I couldn't get rid of the subtitles. So I thought, well, you know, I'll post it anyway because it's funny. But uh, in those days, for but for thirty years, that movie ran, and it was, you know, it was. In fact, the funny part was, was all over San Francisco, which you think would be so woke that you can never show it. They would show it all the time. I think the Castro or the the gay district in San Francisco had like you know Rocky Horror Picture Festival. <laughs> you know, they they showed it every year on Halloween, and uh, and it was just and a number of other theaters would show it, right? So there was a time when we didn't care. In fact, uh, the gay community didn't care. It was funny. Now, all of a sudden, you can't post it. And that was where I got my, my restriction this weekend was for posting uh, um, a video clip from a film that was made in, what, the late 70s? It was like 79 or 80 uh, is when Rocky Horror came out. But it's fascinating um, to watch it because it, basically it's Tim Curry, British actor, who was also in The Three Musketeers, the Disney version. And same guy. You'd never know it, though. But making fun of transvestites from uh, the planet transsexual, you know, uh, Transylvania. <laughs> but it was it was funny. It's like you ever see eighties um, rock heavy metal bands. Ever if you watch like uh, Poison or, or Motley Crue, Twisted Sister. Yeah, exactly. Motley Crue. All these guys. You got men, grown men, wearing spandex makeup and big hair. But in those days, it was funny. We didn't care. In the 80s, it was hysterical. Touch your father about this. I'm sure he remembers, too. In the 80s, it was hysterical. We knew these were guys in makeup. It was ridiculous. We all made fun of them. They weren't a civil rights group. Nowadays, they'd be a protected class. <laughs> In fact, that'd be a great name for a heavy metal yeah. band. Protected. I can write that down. Protected class. That'd be the name of our group. Protected. So we get all dressed. Can you see me in Spanish? No, don't imagine me in Spanish. We don't do that. But uh, protected class would be a great <laughs> name. For- Sorry. Hey, you're getting older. I can have more fun with you. Protected class would be a great name for for a heavy metal band. Oh yeah, heavy metal band. I got to work on that. Favorite? I might just do a joke video. I, I just need, I have people... to tell you that sounds like a very dull name. Protected <laughs> protected class. Well, it depends if we yeah. what kind of stuff we get up to. Okay, fine. You got a better name? What do you what do you? No. <laughs> oh well, I actually had another <laughs> name. I was. There was another name. In fact, I, wanted, I still might use it for a band if I get people uh, interested. But uh, since we're here on the Gulf Coast with all our seashore references, um, I wanted to call us uh, Starfish Troopers. And that was named for the, uh, oh, the no. movie Starship Troopers. You ever see Starship Trooper? One of the worst films ever made, but it's hysterical. No. 
Oh, okay. Uh, it, you might be a bit young for that one, too. It's, it's talking to the family first. But it's about uh, this bug invasion. But the funny part was is the political undertones. And so what they talk about is citizenship. You, you have to earn your citizenship. And one of the ways you do that is serve in the military. Do you want citizenship? Do you want to learn more? And you get the authoritative voice. Then sign up for, you know, uh, the, the infantry, whatever. Um, but it's, uh, there's a couple of scenes that wouldn't be, be good. But overall, it's hysterical. And everybody goes up against the bugs and uh, with machine guns. And the bugs are huge. The bugs are like, you know, 18 feet across and, you know, 20 feet high. And it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, but, but the political stuff That's is hysterical. disturbing. Yeah, it was, it's pretty big. It, 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 give it a couple of years. Um, but uh, anyway, but there's some really very sarcastic things out there. Okay, let's get back to this, this, this smart thing. Do, do you, have we traced this bill? Do we know what the latest action was? Is it, it's just been introduced, right? It hasn't gone anywhere. Um, and it's not going to. Yeah, in 2021. Yeah, I'm hoping it won't be. Well, a lot of bills don't. This is why what but, people say, yeah, a I bill's don't... been filed. Well, okay, so what? That doesn't mean it's going to go anywhere. Most bills don't. Yeah, it's yeah. it just says that there's one summary for it. So, yeah. It's not going anywhere. Okay, but let's talk about what they are talking about. And this is the Department of Labor. Well, we'll start there. Yeah, the tracker says it's only been introduced. So. Okay. But the fact that it's been introduced is bad enough. Well, because <laughs> this is how these people think, though. And that, ban it. Well, ex- well, no, you don't have to ban it, but you, don't, you just don't have to pass it either. But let's talk about the Department of Labor. Let's start with that section, because that's, that's kind of weird, too. Shall establish the Tech Hire Workforce Training and Development Pilot Program to furnish competitive grants for technology-based job training and education programs that provide an industry-recognized certificate or certification. What's that? What's a tech hire workforce? I hope I never figure it out. (laughs) I I hope I never have to figure it out. But look at this. They're using the Department of Labor for competitive grants. So in other words, they're training people, uh, if you want the money, which everybody does, apparently, um, you'll do what they say. You'll take the job and the, you'll be trained for a job that the government wants. See, this is a government job. Department of Commerce, that's the government. Regional demonstration grant program. So this is all about money. But look what they want to do with that money. You know, and then they talk about, uh, the one thing that's missing from this, of course, is freedom, choice, things like that, right? There's no freedom, there's no choice. There's no individual rights. They don't mention any of those things. But oh, they yeah. mention, oh, there was one thing from the AP associated, uh-huh. I think I still have it. Hold on. It right. is, okay, it's time. We got time. Right. Okay, here it is. So it's about Maui. Okay. They're mm. saying, uh, I guess I was talking about like a TikTok post. Um, it says, these posts draw on far-right tropes that global-minded organizations such as the United Nations and the World Economic Forum are plotting to forcibly remove people into futuristic smart or 15-minute cities where their freedoms will be severely curtailed by advanced technologies. And this is their, like, I guess, rebuttal or something to it. I don't know. But it's really Mm -hmm. funny because their response isn't, oh, this is not true at all. It says, in reality, smart (laughs) cities generally refer to communities that use technologies to improve operations, while 15 cities are compact communities in which everybody needs are within walking distance. They aren't designed to restrict people's movements or freedoms. So their response <laughs> isn't that it was happening. Their response is that our description of the smart and 15-minute cities wasn't correct. I don't know. That's, that's hysterical. Funny. 
Well, no, first of all, everything they're worried about, they're saying that isn't happening is exactly what is happening. And the idea of these, uh, you know, that everything you need is within 15. What do you mean everything you need? How do they know everything you need? <laughs> you know, it's that, they that's the problem. What you need. That's tyranny. What's that? Yeah. It's tyranny. Yeah, they will tell you what you need to make mm-hmm. a safer, more secure, equitable, sustainable, resilient, livable, and workable place for government. When, how, where, and why. Yeah, yeah. So what is okay, safer? For I the... actually pulled the article up because it has a... Oh, uh-huh. That's okay. No, they, so we, I, we I always talk over each other. Yeah, go ahead. We do, we do, yeah. So <laughs> it was originally the Governor Green of uh, Hawaii had made a statement and I had to pull it up again because I lost it from the last time. Um, mm-hmm. And it basically is, I'll just read it. It says, I'm already thinking about ways for the state to acquire that land so we can yep. put it to a workforce housing to put it back into families or make it open spaces in perpetuity as memorial to people who were lost. We don't want this to become a clear space where then, yes, people from overseas can just come and decide they're going to take it. The state will take it and preserve it first. And see, I agree, like, you don't want foreign people doing it, but I don't want the government, like, I don't want the state government taking up all my land and property to put mm-hmm. us all in consolidated government-controlled organizations. Like, that land still belongs to the people that had bought it whenever they were mm-hmm. buying their houses or whatever. And, yeah, they don't, they don't lose yeah, their so that's, so the that's land. Tough. You know, I mean, the land has lost value because the houses were burned. Okay, that's not their fault. So what you need to do is you freeze yeah. the ownership of that land until these houses are fixed up. That's what they should do. Freeze the land, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, or, or, you know, they have to fix this because this is a government problem. This is a combination of Hawaii electric and, and the, uh, the government of Maui and the state of Hawaii. Front. They all screwed up. So it's their responsibility to, to restore. These people need restoration. They don't need uh, government programs or things like that. So they need their property restored, which means all the houses have to re- be rebuilt the way they were before. What I'm worried about, is what happened in San Francisco. You may want to look up this story. Uh, there's only a few people that, that talked about this on tours because only a few of us actually looked into San Francisco history. There, there was a, um, a predominantly uh, black section of San Francisco um, that had these wonderful Victorians, but they were getting old. They were getting uh, dilapidated. They were, they were in, in disrepair. And this is early 19... Oh, maybe it must have been mid-1900s. Anyway... Now, the, eventually, the Truman administration came along with the program and said, hey, look, we'll just we'll fix up your homes. You know, we'll uh, just you know, move up for a while. We'll take care of it, and we'll, we'll restore your Victorians to their original state. Well, that's not exactly what happened. So, so a lot of black residents of San Francisco moved over to Oakland. And as we know, Oakland has a large black population. And what they did was instead of fixing up the homes, they destroyed the Victorian homes, these beautiful 1800s Victorians, and they built government housing projects. So if you look at a map of San Francisco, in the middle is a section called the Western Edition. I used to live not too far from there. I was across from the Panhandle near the Haight-Ashbury. Anyway, so the Western Edition had many blocks that were government housing projects. Those were former Victorians, and the owners were promised that they would get their Victorians back. So what the government did was they, they stole them. So this is why I have no faith in government. And they turned these beautiful private homes into a government housing project. And, that's, and all those folks stayed in Oakland. And now there are generations of people that, that used to live in San Francisco that now live in Oakland. And that's the reason. Their houses were stolen by the government and made into a housing project that these people did not want to move back into because they were living in private homes. So there's, there's a, a perfect example of why you don't want the government coming in uh, unless they're actually going to restore to the original blueprints these houses, which is what they should do. Restore them to their original value and their original property. And we got the money to do that. We just have to 
sending money to uh, Ukraine and Afghanistan and Iraq and all these other places and to uh, military industrial complexes and all the other places we waste with COVID stimulus and all that stuff. We could easily rebuild Maui you know, with, with maybe a couple of billion dollars and we're sending trillions. We spent, what, seven trillion on COVID that didn't have to be spent? So the money's there. It's just where it's going. That's how I would handle it. Rest, full restoration, restore Lahaina to the way it was, rebuild those houses in the 1800 style that they were in, and then leave the people alone. Make sense? Yeah. Okay. But yeah. did you see how that governor, um, that, that and clip that you read? Go ahead. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that there's a couple of other things I wanted to talk sure. about before. Okay. we got five minutes. Okay, Go so for it. One of yeah. them is what you brought up that I saw a post from Mark Moss. Uh-huh. And it's about like the CBDC. And I guess there was someone that released it. It says the Thai, like T-H-A-I, like Thailand, political uh-huh. party wants to issue a digital currency that expires after six months and can be spent and can be spent close to citizens' homes. And so it's saying basically it was telling you um, what you can spend it on, when you can spend it, and where you can spend it at already with the CBDC. It's like this, the only thing, only during this time, and that's the only thing you can spend it on. What fascinates me is how it, it fascinates me how quickly everybody in government moves to dictatorship. As soon as Dr. Fascist said that we should probably have restrictions, governors all over the country, Michigan, California, even DeSantis in Florida, close things, beaches, schools, churches, all the things that they can't do. Uh, quarantine healthy people, which, which they can't do. All these things they can't do, and I don't want to do it again. But Thailand wants a digital currency that you have to spend it on where you want. It's, it's fascinating that the, the control is more attractive than freedom. Uh, I understand it being more attractive to government people because they love control. What I don't understand is why people aren't screaming and yelling about it. Unless, like you say, we're back to our original point, they don't know what tyranny is. Well, I don't have to be tortured to know that it hurts. <laughs> okay? I know about torture. I've never been tortured, but I know that it's excruciatingly painful because I've read enough stories and seen enough things from people uh, who documented being tortured. So I don't need that. <laughs> you know, I don't have to live in a gulag to know that a gulag is a desolate, depressing, horrible place where you know, millions of people have died. I don't need to be in there to experience that. I know it's bad. So these people, how can they not know about tyranny? How can they not know about communism? How can they not know that everything the government's doing is illegal? And yet they don't know. Yeah, that's why, yeah, that's why like, George Washington was so prominent, because he was in a position where he could have easily become a dictator, or he could have been in the, in the um, office for years and years and years. But, mm-hmm. you know, he left it and stuff, and that was one of the most remarkable things. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, he did a lot of remarkable things. But, you know, is that he kind of set this precedent, and he was like the starting point of, um, yeah, I guess precedent kind of covers that, of mm-hmm. setting the tone like downline for everybody else, of not being a dictatorship. Yeah, see, if Obama was president, now back then, he never would have left. <laughs> he would have found a way to stay for the rest of his life. Yeah, no. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Huh. Um. Okay, the other one is I actually brought up a w- the websites for both of the conferences. The first one was on, like, January 3rd through 6th of 2023, and mm-hmm. it was in Maui, Hawaii. 
and it's called uh-huh. the HICSS, Hawaii International Conference on System Sciences. And so I brought up, like, um, I guess this is, like, the overview of what they were talking about or maybe a speech or something. Um, and well, then there's a conferences in Hawaii. There's a website. Like one of the most desirable places for conferences. So you can't assume because the conference is there on, on smart cities or things like that that it's a conspiracy. It's just Hawaii is a popular destination. I mean, why not? Yeah. Um, However, <laughs> having said that. <laughs> it, well, any kind of meeting on this is obviously not something that we want, no matter, like, where it is, where it's intended mm-hmm. for or anything yeah. like that. It, and especially, you know, the fact that it's being held in America, you know, it kind of, I guess it's kind of bad if you're trying to provide a ground for them to meet. Because um, yeah. I... I guess there's a conviction that Americans should have of not letting this anywhere near America, but obviously that's not the same. So it says Hawaii well, I guess, I guess conference line. on system. Okay. I, just, I, I can probably read but, this a it to you. Well, I want to go over this bill again because there's more. The Department of Energy has a thing, a pilot program to improve access of cities, da da da, da And then it talks about – it's always the second line that's a more interesting one. Uh, DOE shall also expand yeah. technologist in residence pilot program to include partnerships between national laboratories and cities and communities. That's how we got COVID from the national laboratories. <laughs> then they moved into Wuhan, right? Okay. Communities respecting yeah, research the and development. Says this... Go ahead. Yeah, this bill requires strong federal encouragement and support for private sector-led standards-related activities. Yeah, it requires fascism. the establishment <laughs> of a strategic international smart cities and communities trade program. Yeah, like, this is government. literally a complete violation of the Constitution. Like, the entire oh, yeah. thing is illegal itself, but mm-hmm. I mean... It's like the federal. It basically is giving the federal government complete control over all of the states. And here, let's go look back at this. It says, energy, commerce, science, space, technology, education, labor, and foreign affairs. And they're yeah. basically giving the federal government complete control over all the states in every single one of these areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fascism, communism. It's it's a, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a communist tyranny model uh, using the entire federal government. You're absolutely right. I'm glad you pointed it out. Let's take it up again next week because this is this is quite fascinating. Um, closing comment, sign off, anything you want to do, and um, stick around if you want. But uh, we've got Josie uh, at this time. Thank you very much. Great report today. Yeah, um, I'll probably uh, talk a little bit about a fun little cannibalism article that I think you'll enjoy. And I will read over the conferences, too, next week. Um, okay, sounds good. So that'll be fun. This is Brianna Cannon on action, oh, it's Government Inquiry on Action Radio. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye. Thank you very much. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossie knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border, from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Coffey. Buenos dias, amiga.
Hey, buenos días, amigos y amigas. Kumonen, dobre utra. Dobre utra. Gracias. Как вас зовут? Anyway, I said Brianna on the line, but Brianna, I had to mute your line. We're getting a little background noise. So if you want to uh, um, okay. get back in the conversation, just uh, text Facebook or, or do a live chat notice. But I'm going to leave you uh, uh, muted now so you can make all kinds of noise there. All right. A lot going on. Life is crazy. I mean, yeah, a, a bunch of things. On. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. What, what's on your mind? I listened to you guys a little bit while I was taking care of my chickens in here. I've been here since about eh, 7.15 in Pensacola taking care of my chickens. Yeah. Okay, gallito. And, you know, all the, uh, all the chickens that I got, a lot of them are going to be roosters. So, gosh, I don't want no mm. thinking roosters. Are you prejudiced? Uh, they make, no, they make too much noise, and uh, I don't uh-huh. want to have any problems right here, you know? You don't get it. You just need one neighbor. rooster. Just one. You just need one big, strong, loud, powerful rooster. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like That's... there's about five in the group right now. Huh. So, yeah, they're just going to fight each other. It's, it's going to be, be yeah. Yeah, it's going to get bad. To be like fraternity boys. They're already picking on the little chickens, you know, like hurting them. So I'm gonna to have to put them with the big chickens, so the big chicken can take care of them. So we'll huh. see what happens. Isn't it interesting the dynamics of society? You look at uh, schools or companies; they all have the same hierarchy. You got the bullies, you know. You've got the the sheep. You've got, uh, you know, animals. We're not that different. It's it's kind of weird. Hmm. I was bullied when I was a young girl going to school. No, yeah, I was too. Yeah. I was, a, you know, I was an immigrant. In, but my in, uh, sister took care yeah. of them. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> they didn't touch me ever again. <laughs> well, that's While I good. I was hiding and watch. She took care of four girls for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they were beating me up, pulling my hair, just beating me up. I didn't even want to go to school. Yeah. You know. Oh, but I know. Nobody yeah. would do anything. Nobody said anything, and no, they I don't told care. my sister about it. Yeah. So I mm. uh, I heard that the mask and the new virus is coming to town. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to have a whole line of action radio masks that have cute sayings on them, like "This doesn't work," or "Karen, yep. shut the hell up," <laughs> you know, or something like that. You know, but I, I wouldn't actually wear the mask. Uh, but it would just be fun to have a bunch of, uh, you know, you can actually have some fun with this if you need mask sayings. But uh, have you seen the, the post that we have uh, online at our vaccine project? Oh, by the way, I got sent to this morning. I don't know if you heard about this, but um, I posted a no. story uh, on the mysterious death of Joe the plumber. Remember Joe the plumber who got in Obama's oh, face? Oh, I heard you talking about it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I post that story. Uh, he died at 49 of pancre- pancreatic cancer. Of course, we know cancer can be caused by the jab. So we don't know if he got a jab yet or not. Oh, yeah. Uh, but cancer can be yeah. greatly accelerated. I know because that's how Dr. Peter Pry died. Six months after his COVID shot, he was dead of you know, uh, kidney I'm, cancer. I'm but. glad you mentioned about Peter Pry because uh-huh. I don't think he really died from cancer. Uh-huh. I think they took a No, that's what he opinion. told me. You know, he told me he had cancer. See, I followed the story, and I used to, I used to talk to my Rotom. If I can remember I the last show he was that. on, you know, and I said, hey, I, I said, Peter, look, if you're not feeling well, I said, just, you know, take some time off, come back when you feel better. And that was the last time I, I talked know. to him, you know, and so, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. He, no, I think he has so much knowledge about the grid, so they wanted mm-hmm. him out. Yeah. So but they, they could have done that a lot vicious. earlier. 
you know, and I've got all his recordings. No, I put not... all his recordings in one place. You know, yeah, send to his family. There, there's so, a yeah. lot of people being taken out. Like you posted about Karen Kingston. Uh, they're after her. They're going to murder her. Oh, yeah. They, they're after her. Once they well, go after I mean, you, I, you're done. Well, they keep getting more. Well, see, here's the thing. And I talked about this with uh, Jonathan yesterday, but I have a theory um, that with Trump, they're going after him because he's, they think of him as the leader. And if they, if they take down the leader, then the conservatives, the patriots, the independents will all be lost. And with Action Radio, I'm doing it completely differently. I'm not the leader. I'm just, I'm just I mean, I might be coordinating, organizing yeah. this. I'm just the messenger. You know, it's like ideas from God, from my head to, to my voice, to microphone, to all of you. But everybody, yeah. everything we do here is open. Everybody knows how to use writeyourlaws.com. You know, so, so, it, mm. it, it's, so it doesn't matter what happens to me at this point. Because every, yeah. there's so many people that know how to use writeyourlaws.com. That idea is not going to go away. It's not going to suddenly die. In fact, if something happens to me, it might go crazy. You know, you look at Andrew Breitbart. Andrew Breitbart was murdered for creating citizen um, uh, journalists, right? Yeah. So they killed him yeah. thinking that that would stop citizen journalists. Well, then you get James O'Keefe, and then you get Breitbart News, and you get all the other folks that are out there. Well, they want to take out all of us, bottom line. They're after all of us. Well, that's what censorship so is for. But they don't want to make martyrs out of us. Yeah. So, yeah. so when they killed Andrew Breitbart, he became far more powerful. You know, it's like Star Wars. If you strike me down, Darth, I shall rise up more powerful than you mm-hmm. can possibly imagine. You know, Alec Guinness. But it's, it's true in a way. Yeah. You know, Kennedy is, is still powerful today because he was assassinated. You know, if he was just a Democrat president yeah. with a lot of good ideas, you know, you wouldn't be talking about it as much today. So they want to kill you without killing you. They want to kill the idea of you. They, they want to kill the memory of you. Because you've, you've talked about Trump having death threats. In fact, uh, yeah. did, you, did you see the show with, uh, with Tucker Carlson where Tucker actually asked him, do you think they're trying to kill you? And this is an amazing moment. And? Well, he, he said he wasn't sure. He didn't. Times. He didn't know Probably for sure. Yeah, well, he's not, he's not going to say that. But, but what he said was that, uh, you know, he's, I think I remember it's like anything's possible. He said, I don't think so. But, you know, stuff happens. And so it's, it's a fabulous interview. Now, you know, we're not going to get him. He's, he's very protected like no other president oh, ever. Oh, I'm sure he is. I'm sure history. he is. Yeah. Oh, he has mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. But the thing is, but the, what they're trying to do now is they're trying to, to stop him from even being on the ballot. But it's interesting up in New yeah. Hampshire, did you, hear, did you hear about this in New Hampshire, that uh, this jerk, you know, didn't want uh, Trump on the ballot because he's obviously been paid off by the Republicans. Now, where's the Republican Party? You would think that if there really was a Republican Party, they'd be doing everything to help their nominee, but they're not. They're actually helping, keeping, keeping him off the ballot. Yeah. That tells you everything about the Republicans you need to know. Anyway. But you just, uh, have to, you just have to watch the show coming up soon. So that's all I can tell, and I don't want to beat on this dead dog every week <laughs> about Trump and well, about wait a minute. intelligent military. It's all real. They're okay. trying we know, to we know that. kill everybody in the world with the vaccines. Uh, high blood pressure are fully contaminated. That's what Arte was talking about. Uh-huh. Fully contaminated with uh, poison from snakes. So that's why everybody's getting sick from high blood pressure medicine and other types of medicine he was mentioning. It's all contaminated, you know. They're trying to to hook all the American people. You have high blood pressure. You have to be on medicine. Or you have to have water pills. Or you have to have sleeping pills. You have to have pills to wake up. You have to have 
pills, uh, Viagra, if you want to be a man, and, and the vaccines are killing all the uh, the men uh, uh, sperms. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just the corruption mm-hmm. is so so deep that, that my husband and I talk about it. I mean, I'm glad you believe in the vaccines like we do because you don't believe in the other stuff. So you know, I'm glad. Well, I, mean, I take everything. You believe of, of what's going but, on. But you I know, know the vaccines are dangerous. I know they're not out. vaccines. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you got to understand, I have to go with what makes sense to me, okay? Like a lot of people thought there was I a know. bunch of conspiracies with Maui. and to, well, But to me, it, it really just came down to, uh, but it came down to they left the power on, they turned the water off, they didn't blast the sirens, yes, they, they had did. ridiculously high winds, and they just, uh, they were incompetent. That's That's what makes sense to me about Maui. Yeah, it's okay because you're still, your little ears, your little eyes, your little brain is still innocent like most Americans are, but it's okay. Do I, when the do I, comes out, Josie, do I strike you as someone what? who's like totally innocent and unaware of what's going on? Do I strike you as that person? Because you're like still living under a rock, believing the American dream, the American this, the Amer- and most Americans think like you. They don't have that mentality that these evil people, if they're trying to inject you with a vaccine to murder you. Oh, I'm absolutely convinced of that. Oh, I am completely convinced of that. Okay. But I am convinced. But no, you're you're missing the point. I mean, we were probably one of the first, if not the first, March 2nd of 2020 to talk about chloroquine as a cure for COVID, that there is no pandemic. Show me a person who beat us on that. I bet you can't find one. No, I, I know that. But my point is, mm-hmm. they're they're trying to kill us. Period. With the food, with the drink, the water's poison. I mean, it is. And you know, everybody drinks water. What's mm-hmm. your opinion? Why do you think thousands and thousands of Americans are having hip replacement, knee replacement, shoulder replacement, but mainly the hip replacement, which my husband is about to have one tomorrow. Oh wow! What is what does it what does it think in your little brain? What why do you think this is happening? We never had this before. My uncle in Nicaragua died a hundred and two years old in the street selling brooms at a hundred years old. She never had hip replacement. My grandmother died at ninety eight. She never went to the stinking doctor. Never. She stayed away from the murders. And some of them are good doctors, of course, but. Mm-hmm. Most of them are not. They're they're together with the corruption. CDC, FDA, they're all murders. Our government poison our water, poison our food, our medicine, our vaccines. All the child's vaccines are poisoned, and, and we know it. Amish kids don't get sick like regular American kids, you know. Death syndrome, it's from the vaccines. They choose who's going to die and who's not going to die. And they're mm-hmm. in it with some of the doctors. Planned Parenthood is, is together with the school. It's together with the hospital. They have offices in the hospitals. You know, the corruption is so deep that I just cannot believe the America that I knew, the America when I came to this country, that I believe, that, that I love. I still love this country because it's a beautiful country. It is just being run by this communist, crooked, Democrats and some Republicans, not mm-hmm. just the Democrats. No. And, and you know what? <laughs> if it was just the Democrats, stand, then the Republicans would have uh, corrected the election by now. If, it were, if this were the Republican Party of 1972 with Watergate, who actually investigated their own president, 
But if we had a real Republican Party, they would have had a House uh, committee on the stolen election. They would have uh, released, you know, boxes and boxes of, of stolen election information. Yeah, okay. They would have immediately defunded the entire Brandon insurrection and said, you people, we're not giving you one dollar. And, you know, so you might as well just leave now. We're gonna, you're going to have no power, no government, no nothing. That's what they should have done. But they didn't. Even our own Congressman Matt yeah. Gates, who asked really good questions in hearings, but that's not good enough. You know, did you see my article on uh, on why I'm not voting Republican until they do certain things? The first one, the first item. Okay. Well, the first item, the first item, well, I'm voting for Trump, but the first item was they have to hold a a House Select Committee hearing on the stolen election. First thing. Got to do it. Well, you're going to have to save your vote, sweetie, because we're not going to have an election. Donald Trump is our commander in chief as we speak. Uh-huh. So here and there, they're spilling it out. Uh, I'm not my commander-in-chief. Donald Trump is our commander-in-chief right no, now. No, he's not. Speak. Well, see, yes, now here's he the thing, too. Now, I wrote, actually, I, I should probably release this article, too. I wrote an article a while ago that actually was a similar one to a Navy intelligence officer who said, uh, and we agreed that the president is not automatically commander-in-chief. Only, the president is only commander-in-chief under a declared war. So we haven't had a commander-in-chief since Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Ooh, how's that that's what Donald Trump is right now, the commander-in-chief. No, yes. he's not. No, he no, pres- no well, president is commander-in-chief until a declaration of war calls him into the actual service of the United States. We I don't, are I'll read at you. war. Yeah, okay, wait a minute. We All right. are yeah, I, I know. All right, well, well, yeah, it's a civil war. We're not shooting. All right, Josie? Our government mm-hmm. is against the people, the people mm-hmm. of America. They're doing everything to come after us. They're bringing 100 million illegals so they can be fighting us in the street. That's the purpose of all the illegals here. Well, now, do you remember when I said yesterday that uh, Article 3 or the the Third Amendment, you can't quarter soldiers in people's homes, right? Well, these illegal aliens are like soldiers. They're the soldiers of the new, of the the Democrat insurrection. So you you can't put illegals in anybody's home or anybody's school. That's quartering of soldiers. That's against the Third Amendment. That's what they're doing in Chicago. They're forcing well, people doing to it, but they can't. open their homes. If you have a three, yeah, but the criminals can get away with anything, and then people surrender, people comply. And you know mm-hmm. what? It is time for Americans to stand and say, no more masks, no more viruses, no more illegal in my country, no more sickness from all these people bringing all this thing that is going on. They're coming from all over the world, you know? It is mm-hmm. out of control. Uh, it's just sad what it, what is happening. Hmm. But anyway, I wanted to uh, uh, tell you uh, more people that I personally know are dying from oh, the no. vaccine. Oh no! Yes, I'm sorry. I know. My okay. uh, niece in Miami, she thought I was crazy. Oh, obviously somebody told me that she said that I was crazy, uh, hmm. saying that people are dying from the vaccine. So her mother-in-law died. Then my niece never woke up. She had a heart attack in her sleep, you know. But wow. Th- of course, they're not going to tell me a lot more of what happened. And right. uh, so I've been telling her, you need to, I've been sending her video, but I don't think they even watch the videos that I sent from Dr. Artis, from uh, Dr. Ben Marble, from Dr. Jim Thorpe, uh, Die Suntly, which is good, mm-hmm. and Dr. David Martin, which is excellent, excellent. Yep one hour, I think it's an hour video, mm-hmm. that he goes way back, late 60, how they planned this whole thing. They got all the evidence, okay? 
So I send the videos, and my niece, well, she's talking about me, but she sent me a message uh, yesterday morning that her uh, father-in-law died from blood clots in his legs. Hmm, and geez, then that sounds familiar. She sent, yeah, and then she sent me a little thing that says uh, he was fully vaccinated. You know oh, what interesting. I mean? Yeah. Why would she send yeah. you that? That's interesting that she sent it to you. And I'm right. And they, they want to, they want people to think that I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy. Um, there's another friend of mine there. Her husband had a little bit of skin cancer in the past and it went away. Now it's back in with a full mm-hmm. vengeance like you would not believe. Uh, they also are poisoning our dogs and cats. I don't have dogs or cats. Um, uh, with the food, the food that the dogs are eating is horrible. Mm-hmm. My daughter's dog, she doesn't even want to eat that food, and they're forcing that poor dog to eat that nasty, contaminated, cancer food that they're feeding the dogs. Wow. And the dog has like a little thing in her eye. It's getting bigger. I guarantee you that dog has a tumor in her head already from all this. And also the shots that they give the dogs are bad because, see, this is a big business industry. They want you to take the dogs. Now there's insurance for health care. Now there's a little burial. Now, I mean, everything about pets. And they don't want you to have children. They want you to have a pet, and that's your baby. So they're brainwashing our little kids since they're young, that that's your baby, your brother, your sister. So uh, I'm going to have my daughter be uh, taking her off the food completely. I said, we'll cook for your dog, ground beef, whatever you can cook for your dog. She'll love it. And she started, Well, there's some natural uh, food products out there. there. There's some very good natural dog food products out there. You don't have no, to make no, it all no. yourself. Dog, no, no, no. Okay. Look, right. we didn't give dog foods when we were kids to our dogs. They ate leftovers, okay? Yeah. So it's the pigs. Okay. Yeah. We didn't have no such a thing of or dry food and the same thing over and over and over and over every day. Would you, mm-hmm. Wouldn't you be bored to have the same dry cereal every day? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's the same yeah. thing, what they're doing yeah. to animals. People are cruel to their pets by giving them that garbage. So I'm going to make sure my daughter's dog gets well. And she, she probably has like a tumor already in her eye. It's getting worse. Yeah. So hey, I got a question. Using, yes. Yeah. So do, is there any liability on the producers of dog vaccines? Or are they exempt also? I don't know. I don't either. That's what I'm asking. I'm just curious. No, I don't know. Let's yeah. find out. Good question. Good question. Because if if Big. if if pets have no liability, as same as people, but if there's liability for pet vaccines, let's let me put that is. There. Hey, let's write a let's write a bill on that. I don't think there's a bill about that. Stop let's, let's, killing uh, our pets. Is yeah. there products? My uh, hang on, I'm trying to write around my microphone. My God, was talking about dog food uh, months and months ago. You know, I didn't pay too much attention since I don't have pets. I I see them from far away, and that's about it for me. I didn't grow up with pets in my bed or in my furniture or anything like that. Pets belong outside, not inside my bedroom or my home. Uh, but that's the way I grew up, of course. Huh. Animals live outside. People live inside the home. Yeah, uh, makes sense. But uh, Mike Adam was talking about all the poison 
that they're putting in the food. And I, like I said, I didn't pay much attention to it, but now that my daughter's dog is getting worse and worse, she barely don't want to touch her food, and they're forcing her to eat. And, I mean, I said, don't force her. Animals are good about knowing what's poison. And, you know, even my chickens, Greg, mm-hmm. when I give them something that is like, I, I was giving them some of the food, and they didn't want to eat it. Yeah, they love they sunflower seeds. They love lettuce. They love uh, all all kinds of little things that I'm giving them, like nuts and things. They love apples. They love watermelon. And you know, my chickens are pretty smart. They don't want to eat that garbage that they're selling at tractor supply. Interesting. They're poison our chickens. They're poison our well, animals. Well, you know the chickens. And people continue <laughs> buying all this garbage. You know, truck supply or whatever it's called, tractor supply head was selling Trusted. food that. Uh, Cause chickens not to lay eggs. Remember when they had the poison uh, chicken eggs. food? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so anyway, so it's just, hey, do you know anything ch- not to change the subject on I'm animals? I'm going to change the subject. I don't mind. Yeah. Anyway, do you know if Hollywood shut down? Hollywood? Something like that. Yeah. Not as far as I know. Because of all the corruption going on. Well, they still got the the, the Barbie films out. That's pretty corrupt. They got uh, Sounds mm-hmm. of Freedom is going around, but that's not a Hollywood film. Do you know there's mm-hmm. nothing on, on you vaccine? Know, huh? There's a there's an actor uh, Terry Crew, C R E W S. Uh huh. He was uh, I was watching his video. He was exposing Hollywood to Congress about all the stuff that goes on and how they get sexually abused and manipulated and all that. And he said he was not the only one when he's talking. He said he started getting so many phone calls of so many men saying that happened to me when I was young in Hollywood. That, you know what I mean? It's it's a cesspool of sex, uh-huh. adrenochrome, trafficking, and just orgies and you name it that what that's what's going on in hollywood and disney i can hardly wait to see it shut down uh-huh. in victoria's secret so all all these places what's wrong with victoria's secret uh, huh what's wrong with victoria's secret what'd they do besides have wild they've underwear. been trafficking a lot of models for a long time and a lot of oh models yeah, that's, are yeah well that's, that's a crime Not yeah you're right that's, that's a crime okay yeah. that's the secret about victoria's secret most uh-huh. of the models are men. People did not know. What? Yeah. So, anyway, I, I didn't know yeah. if you knew about Hollywood or whatever was going on. Huh. But um, they're still uh, they're still are searching for over a thousand kids in uh, Hawaii, missing, vanished, gone, no trace of anything, no no bones, no nothing. And what they're saying is that they think that the heat was so intense that it destroyed even their bones. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. I um, don't think so. Well, they say they've sort of bodies well, burned beyond recognition. But, but uh, mm-hmm. usually what kills people is the smoke, not the fire, because people are usually dead you know, before the fire ever gets them, which is a blessing. So where's the body? Yeah, good question. I don't know. Yeah. So my, my mind works very fast, mm-hmm. like always. I'm quick. Well, it's not naive and so, childlike like my mind, apparently. So, uh, sorry, I just had to throw No, it because what I'm saying is you're innocent. You're innocent to oh. believe that that's not that you're a little child. Innocent. And a lot of Americans are still in there, are still in that. 
situation. Okay. They're in it. Okay. Oh, no, the vaccine is good. I took two boosters, and I'm going to take two more. Oh, I'm healthy. I'm good. Yeah, I'll be talking to you in two years, maybe, if you're still here. Mm-hmm. You know, my thing is that you're not like a child. Your mind is innocent. It's not so corrupt. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is that I grew up in this corruption. I seen it firsthand how evil people are and the american people haven't experienced stuff like that see that's my point uh not that you are naive and you're not smart or anything like that no nothing like that i was just teasing you but yeah you truly believe that that cannot happen and it is happening well, and I was talking to Brianna about this earlier, that there's a difference. I it, heard. It's like the, the line. Where do you draw the line between what you think is real and not real? So to me, obviously, the election was stolen. That is very real. Um, that uh, Trump is going to come back with, uh, you know, the, the military intelligence agencies and take over the That's government. That's the only way. In his own, it's not the only way. It's it never is the, the only, only way. way remember my, remember my video? Remember, there's, no, there's no such thing as the only way. Anybody who says the only way hasn't explored the other options. There's lots of ways. There's, there's, the always, other, way. there's always other choices. Which other, way, which other way you can arrest these people and keep them in jail and, mm-hmm. and, and, and locked up, Fauci and all that? If the Supreme Court is corrupt, if the judges are corrupt, the police sheriff in your town is corrupt, the lawyers are corrupt. Not all of them, of course. Mm-hmm. The corruption is so deep. Mm-hmm. Well, you I cannot arrest it. these criminals. There, there's no way. There's no way. No way. Look, they arrest all the Black Lives Matter on Antifa, and then they're out the next day because mm-hmm. they're under this deep corruption, filthy corruption that we're under. That's what's going on. So there's no way you can lock up Biden. You can lock up Hunter Biden or Hillary or, or all these people. You can't. Fauci. Fauci should have been arrested a long time ago and put a demo. Yeah, or inject him about 100 times with his own injection. <laughs> well, I don't believe he, he's never, he's never had him. a COVID shot. He, I, I guarantee that no, man has never not. had a COVID shot. No. In fact, I, don't, I find it curious that not a single government official has died suddenly. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, because how they is, didn't say sailing. Because they didn't take it. Yeah, same thing with Congress. Has anybody in Congress died? No. No. The criminals are still standing. Yeah, they're out there sailing. This is why I wish I could get, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Gates or some of the other folks in Congress on on the show. Although we did have a a fascinating visit last week. If I can write him again. Did you get a chance to hear? We had Chadwick Mm -hmm. Moron, who wrote the the book Tucker uh, on Tucker Carlson. Uh Uh-huh. Now, what's fun about yeah. that is I get to ask him two questions. One, if you take a message to Tucker on uh, hosting a debate between uh, Robert Kennedy and Donald Trump, he loved that idea. But the other one, the big one, is when I asked him uh, if I could go on the air with Tucker and write a bill uh, that we would send directly to Congress from Tucker's show. Well, he's taking that idea to him also. Do Don't know yet. Still waiting. Still waiting. I'm going to email him today oh, and say, Dear Chadwick, <laughs> do you remember on the show last week and we talked about Having me yeah. work with Tucker directly, uh, writing a bill right on the air. Mm-hmm. Let's see what he says. Mm-hmm. I think, at least I'm hoping, Tucker Carlson would go for it. Because you know what that would mean? That would mean 100 million views, at least. Views. That would mean yeah. probably 10 million extra listeners to our show. We'd be, mm-hmm. um, we'd be in a very interesting position. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll let you know. I'm still working on that. So, 
you know, when you, when you say that, and people say nothing can be done and all this stuff, you know, and it's all corrupt. I mean, I, I see the corruption, but I also know that something can be done. There's no other way. So here's another way. There's another way right there. Try to imagine what would happen if people suddenly see that it is that easy to write a bill, it is that easy to look at the laws, it is that easy to make a really small correction and take vaccine product liability instead of saying shall not be liable and making it shall be fully liable. What's that, two words you're changing? And you only have to do that twice? So we're changing four words. You change four words, and all of a sudden Pfizer has full liability for everything that they produce. That's mm-hmm. power. So when everybody says the elections are corrupt, yes, they are. But now it's got to be enforced, Who's obviously. Who's going to enforce all these bills, Greg? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. All, all right. Yeah, well, okay, their corruption will not touch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, unless unless mass amounts of people demand it. So here's what happened the other day that's really encouraging, or happened yesterday. So this New Hampshire corrupt deep state slug tried to keep Trump off the New Hampshire ballot. Charlie Kirk yes. of Turning Point USA, who I've been trying to get in touch with for a couple of years, Charlie Kirk tells all his audience to call yeah. them up and say, you can't do that. And guess what? He's reversed it already. So public pressure works. Good. The Disinformation Bureau, remember when everybody called about that and that disappeared? Well, it's going to come back in a different mm. form, we know, but, but at least they, they, yeah. they, can't do it, they can't do it openly. <laughs> so now here's the thing. Now, yeah. what if everybody calls in and says, I want vaccine product liability? You take, take 5 million people, send our bill to Congress. Five million. That would crash their email system. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, and then and then that of course people wonder, well, why'd your email system crash? Well, this is everybody's writing about this bill on vaccine product liability. Well, what's that? I didn't think that was in Congress. It's not. It's from a radio show. It's what? You know, I mean, this is how it happens. So when you say mm-hmm. there's no other way but a military dictatorship, you know, run by uh, or an intelligence community military dictatorship run by Trump, I think there's a bunch of other ways. First of all, that's just as illegal as what's happening right now. That's why I'm against it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to replace one coup with another coup. No one, need, no one should have that much power. Besides, Trump, when he had power, totally screwed up over COVID. Totally screwed up. You know, he had the right people. He had Scott Ellis and he had Peter Navarro and other folks that were, and, and Dr. Zelenko. He had the right people he was listening to. And then he stopped listening to them and started listening to the wrong people. Burks. No. Redfield. There's a lot more to it that he's going to explain. Yeah. Well, he's going to he show up. He's, we'll see. He's got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> he will. Sorry. He okay. Will. The mm. evidence are going to come out. And I'm I waiting. hope to God that he has all the evidence on Hawaii because he's controlling Space Force. So it's all going to be released, all of it. Okay. And have you noticed there's there's fires all over the world? I have. Do you wonder why? Oh, well, because they're being set by wackos. What's going they're being set by being said, but they're only they're always happening in liberal areas. I mean, they're happening in fascist Canada. No, they're walking they're, governments. That's what they're doing. They're walking governments, okay. not anybody. Our government on, is. They they've been doing that for years in California, so people can run and and feel like I don't want to live in here, and that's it. And they sell their land, and that's exactly what's happening in Hawaii. They've been after that land for so long. Oprah's mm-hmm. acting like if she's helping innocent people there and all that, and she's one of the most criminal ones. She's the queen Has of she bought more land? And, well, Has she bought more yes, land? Yes, she bought about 100 acres so far. Hmm. Yes. Yes. This is, this, a lot of these Hollywood are jumping to buy because it's the most expensive land. And a hmm. lot of these people in Hawaii, they didn't want to sell because of their ancestors way mm-hmm. back. Yes. Yeah. So they've been after this land for a long time, and I think, 
And this guy, he was trying to help these people, uh, their neighbors, and they arrested him because he was helping them. So hmm. there's videos coming out of people actually living there and videotaping, and they're not allowing no one to come in and to report. There's cars I've seen. Uh, this lady was videotaping uh, their cars. The metal is melting. Like, remember Terminator when the metal is melting like that? Oh, yeah. That's what's happening to a lot of the cars. I was like, the only way that could happen is with a laser beam so hot. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The uh, If you remember uh, Hurricane, uh, I forget which hurricane it was, the electric cars down in Tampa exploded because they got salt water on them. Mm-hmm. So they flooded. Yeah. So I'm wondering... What happened to the electric cars on on uh, on Maui? No one's ever looked into that. On Maui. Yeah. <laughs> Look, anything that it was blue, the laser beams didn't attack. So a lot of people, put, <laughs> a lot of people, uh, put uh, uh, blue tents in their home, and those houses were untouched at all. Yeah. And they block all the roads so people will not escape. They shut the water so the fire department... Well, they live on an island. Can... How are they going to escape? Where, where are they going to go? They're on an island. There's only two ways off. Well, boat they can and run from a fire right there in their home to run to another little section. Right. And they were or up into the hills the or they... down the beach. Yeah. Okay. Look, when everything comes out, people are going to be sick and disgusted about what our government is up to. Now they're bringing a, a, a new hurricane right on time. Uh, Trump is in control of everything. Trust me. Hmm. About his well, I don't. Press, <laughs> about not everything. on that. Well, the, but this is hurricane one, season, yeah, so right why, why would it not? So what's the, what's the latest story in this hurricane? Uh, how come it doesn't have a name like Joe? I mean, after they're Hillary, creating they... all this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. No, no, I know you don't believe in that. It's you and the other guy, uh, Bianchi and all that, but it's okay. Oh, okay, it's good. Okay. They're doing everything. And FEMA are one of the most criminal criminals. They're right there trying to steal everything value, jewelry, guns, anything that is antique. I mean, these people are criminals. They've been doing this for years, but people don't know. The American people don't know about it. They're all in it. They're all in it. So there's fires in Greece, there's fires in Texas, there's fires in Peru, there's fires in Brazil, Costa Rica. Uh, mm-hmm. There's fires everywhere that the government, their governments are setting them. A lot of land in, uh, in, in Colombia burn, a lot of land in Costa Rica burn. A lot, all this country, in Chile, in a very rich farm area, I was watching that a couple months ago. They burn a huge, huge farm. So all of a sudden, all these fires, all these trains, all this, you know, it's all an agenda for us to starve. So you're going to see it more and more. Only rich people are going to be the ones eating beef. Yeah, because they're, uh-huh. they're contaminating all the beef. They're injecting all the chickens also. They're injecting a lot of the tomatoes. They're injecting the watermelon. And let me tell you, uh, last month I bought a huge watermelon because I gave my chickens watermelon. And I decided to get a seedless one, no seed, big. Mm-hmm. The third day, it exploded in the back like a bomb. I never seen anything like it. And I yeah, was you told me about that, I remember. Yeah. 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 
I never seen anything like it. And my husband was like in shock. What the heck happened to this watermelon? Nobody touched it. It huh. exploded overnight. It was a mess. Wow. Like if there was blood everywhere, it was a watermelon. Yeah. So don't buy watermelon seedless. Just get the ones with the seeds. So anyway, what do you think about this mask? Um, Alex Jones was talking about that he was talking to some of the airlines and T, TCA or whatever the airline thing. Uh, yeah. He was talking. They had like a meeting. TSA. And, uh, Transportation Security TSA, Administration. TSA. Yeah. Uh-huh. Excuse me. TSA. Yep. Excuse me. Yep. I should know That's better okay. because my sister works for them <laughs> in Miami. That's interesting. TSA. Does she, yeah. have have, does she have to have uh, a jab to work there? Of course. All my sisters are vaccinated. They thought I was crazy. So they all took the vaccine. All of them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So mm. they're all going to go down. So I'll be the only chosen one in my family, I guess. And you too, in your family. I don't know who else took the vaccine in your family. But I have no idea. <laughs> don't really talk to him. Anyway, Alex. But that's Jones, another story. Alex was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Alex Jones was talking to. Uh, they had a meeting with him, and they uh-huh. were talking about the uh, the mask. They're going to put it in full force again in all the airlines uh-huh. and hospitals and all the faci- schools. There's schools in Tennessee already. Uh, scaring the people to death that a lot of the children, a lot of the people in schools are wearing the mask because the virus from Canada is coming here now and you're going to be full of COVID. And I had a couple of nurses yesterday. It says it's coming in full force now, COVID. There's people coming at the hospitals with COVID now. <laughs> I don't believe <laughs> like, it. Yeah. I don't believe it. No, I don't, oh, I, I don't see anybody. Well, let, let's look it up. Let's see if there's a, if there's a sudden increase in COVID. Yeah. My my uh, my son-in-law had COVID last week, uh-huh. and he's fully vaccinated. And well, the more the people test, that uh, had the jab, the fake. Yeah, he had the jab, two of them, and he left the military because they were going to force him with a booster. He said, "Oh no, you're not going to continue that poison in me." It's too late now, actually. So yeah. Oh, here we go. But, COVID uh, hospitalizations climbed 22 percent this week. CBS News. Which is, yes. you know, propaganda. Right? 22%. Well, 22% sounds like a lot, but if they had like, you know, uh, one, <laughs> if they Zero. had, you know, four, that they had four a month ago and this week they had five, <laughs> that's 22%. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. COVID rates so, may be much higher than reported. Oh, no, that's NPR. Oh, COVID-19 cases, 19 cases on the rise again. That's Vox. These are a liberal source. The New York Times. Track COVID-19 in the U.S. CNN. COVID yep. levels are rising, but still relatively low. NPR, CDC says summer COVID wave has begun. I'm waiting yep. for a conservative uh, news source here. I haven't found one on the first page. This is one of the second so page. So I've been Probably telling not. everybody, stand up. Don't put the mask on. Don't obey. Say no to mask. Say mm-hmm. no to the virus. And just take your hydroxychloroquine, acetromycin, whatever you have to take. The drops are excellent, actually. It keeps you safe. Like, uh, I had a little bit of sore throat a few weeks back, and Uh I did the chlorine dioxide. More than two hours, I was, like, brand new. This stuff is like a miracle, let me tell you. Miracle. So people need to wake up. Do not comply. Do not comply. Here's two headlines that are interesting. Uh, Pop Science says COVID-19 hospitalizations rise slightly. That's in popular science. 
That's actually uh, last month. Uh, a year ago, though, or no, January 3rd, a year ago, uh, COVID cases rise by 948% <laughs> as mm-hmm. Omicron drives huge waves. So in other words, these things are, are not, they're, they're all, the news stories are all over the place. It's, it's, it's a bunch of BS. And, and you know, but Greg, there's nothing the on, on is, yeah, uh-huh. The sad thing that the American people comply with all this crap, it is sad. You see what's happening. You see how many people are collapsing dead from the vaccine. Mm-hmm. You you have evidence, so many. You know so many friends or you know so many families that so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so is dead, okay? Right. They're collapsing, Okay. And, and, and still, yeah, they're all vac- they're, they've all got the jab. They've all got the jab. Has anybody yeah. died that you know prematurely who did not get the COVID shot? Has anybody died just unusually young not, for, for no reason? That, I don't know anybody that just suddenly died for no reason. No. Right. Okay. I don't. Mm-hmm. So these people are going to comply again. There's a young girl that came with a fully mask. And I'm like, Chica, what's going on? Are you sick? She goes, no, I'm protecting myself. Protecting from what? I said, you need to trust God. Don't trust men. Men are evil. You know, us, all of us in the earth. Mm-hmm. So you need to trust God if you're a Christian woman. She said, yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, where's your faith? You know? It's in government. You have to fear <laughs> God, got, not, she's, she's, not the virus. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if you heard the show yesterday. I spent the first hour on uh, COVID air testers. So they have these, co- I don't know if there's like a cheap one that, that you could put in your store, but you could be fascinating. Mm-hmm. And you can tell, hey, look, there's no COVID in here. So here's, here's the tester. But they actually have testing devices now that can tell not only if there's COVID in a room, but who has it, who has the most virus mm-hmm. by, by their breath oh, talk by I- the machine. The machine goes, oh, there's the one, you know. So Is that like an app? Because my girlfriend, my Filipino girlfriend, she was showing me an app, and and she was in a group with us. She said, uh-oh, we're surrounded by one, two, three, four COVID people. Let's move this way. <laughs> it was so cute. How would they she know? She had an app showing. I don't know, but the, the app knows who's vaccinated and who's not. And we asked a couple of people, and there were. It's so the crazy. app knows who's had the well. If that if an app has the has yeah. the jab, then we can look up people who have died suddenly and find out if they got the jab. I've been interested in Joe the plumber. Let me see if uh, Joe the plumber got the jab. And you know, I'm going to try to get some information from this girl at the coffee shop that she was talking to a doctor and he was describing the blood and the DNA. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what's going on, but. It's mm-hmm. it's very good, and I told my husband, no, they were just talking about it. I said it's not in a video or anything that I can find out what the doctor was saying. It was very awesome, and I don't remember the details exactly, but it was very good. <clears throat> I don't know step by step what he was saying, but yeah, mm-hmm. I want to see if I can get that. But uh, we just have to pray for our people. We just have to wake up the sleeping ones. Uh, and tell our our grandparents no more booster. Do not take another shot again of any vaccine, any flu shots, any pneumonia shots, any shot at all for your children. Stay away from any vaccines because they're all our spikes from late, way from the 60s. All the vaccines are spikes. That's why you have a lot of kids sick in America. 
all the vaccines are no good. And from all the years, some of my friends taking pills and pills and pills and pills. One of my friends, she's in severe pain every single day. And I tell her, you need to wean off yourself from all those pills a little bit at a time and don't take any, none. Right. She said, but right. what about my high blood pressure? One of my girlfriends, she <laughs> took her husband from the high blood pressure, period. And he's fine without it. Oh, yeah. This is so, this is so criminal what they've been doing to people. They lied to us. And they've been doing it for years and years that it's normal. It's normal for them. Oh, here's a blood pressure pill. Let me prescribe this. Let me prescribe that. And people go running to get the drugs. And the drugs, a lot of these drugs, uh, Dr. Artis was saying that it has snake poison. They've been poisoning us. Uh, he was talking about the high blood pressure. And I forgot yep. two or three other medicines that people take normally. Yeah. Huh. Poison to the max. Anyway, what are you finding over there? Well, I'm finding that I can post a story on Joe the Plumber dying um, in oh, yeah. New York Post, but I can't post one from the Gateway Pundit. <laughs> that I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm. wild. So, so the story says Joe the Plumber, who rose to fame after confronting Obama in 2008 uh, on the campaign trail, did it 49. So 49 is young. I mean, I'm 63, so 49 is young. Mm-hmm. Samuel, Samuel Joseph Wurzbacher. Wurzelbacher, that's his name, Wurzelbacher, right? Who rose to national fame mm-hmm. as Joe the Plumber after confronting Barack Obama on the 2008 campaign. All right, so, so died suddenly. They even said died suddenly in this, right? Okay, so that, that's why mm-hmm. I pushed this right away. They actually said that, right? Wurzenberg, Wurz, Wurzelbacher, 49, died after being diagnosed with an aggressive pancreatic cancer in July. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that pancreatic mm-hmm. cancer is bad. That's what, that's what got Patrick Swayze, so it's bad. Our hearts are broken. Right? Yeah. But that's not, what my, that's not what's raising my questions, though. What's raising my questions is, uh, I think a lot of pictures of me here like this, is, is well, did he have a COVID shot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is it convenient that he died right before election season for another Democrat? I'm just curious. Hmm. So this yeah. is the local man criticized the tax policy as a blow to small business owners like himself. With the stuff erupting in a news cycle and, and gamering, gar- oh, garnering the attention of the Republican Party. Speaking of the Republican Party, how come they haven't arrested anybody? How can they let Trump get four indictments and they haven't arrested a single Democrat? These people are useless. <laughs> they, have, they haven't arrested Hunter Biden. And they have well, no, millions and the, millions of Joe Biden receiving from China, from other countries. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they've got Republican <laughs> district attorneys. Why aren't they arresting uh, Joe Biden for election fraud? I mean, he actually committed election fraud. He's a clone, so how can you arrest a clone? <laughs> well, I don't believe that, but I do believe Thank that you, uh, th- these people trying to impeach him actually are wrong. You don't impeach someone who's not president. You arrest them. You arrest him for, arrest for, him. for insurrection, for a leading for a coup d'etat, for overthrowing the government, for rebellion. You arrest him for all those crimes, mm-hmm. but you don't, you don't impeach him. You can't impeach him. He's not in office. Mm-hmm. You can't impeach somebody who's not in office. Yeah. So this part is fascinating about this. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> the whole the whole world is laughing. On a, well, that's because the, the world's going nuts. You know, it's it's everything's mm-hmm. going crazy now, which is kind of weird. But uh, yeah, we 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 are a voice of sanity in in a place of of insanity. Yeah. 
Well, we just have to pray and put our full trust in Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. He's our mediator. So we have to to be ready. And... uh, I'm ready. I was, uh, or as Wendy says, bow now and avoid the rush. Yeah, you have to do the three steps, Greg. Admit, believe, confess. Admit that you're a sinner. Confess that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that he stretched his arm, and he says, I love you this much. I'm willing to stretch my arm and bleed. All the blood will wipe away your sin, including your future sin. And then confess with your tongue that it's worse than a little killer whale inside that little box that you have your mouth. And uh, with the same tongue, you can curse God, but with the same tongue, you can invite him to come into your heart. And once once he comes in, he gets sealed forever and ever and ever like an inheritance. You don't come out from the grave and say, hey, you behave bad. Give me back my piece of lot that I left you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Because there's a lot of religion, tradition, and routine that they believe that if you behave bad, you lose your inheritance. I said, no, you're wrong. It's sealed. Once it gets sealed, because everybody's born with a body, soul, and spirit, you Mm -hmm. do not have a Holy Spirit until you invite Jesus to come in and it gets sealed, and then you have a body, soul, and Holy Spirit. And I get aggravated when I hear people say, oh, the the Holy Father, the Pope. Yeah, right. He's just a man just like you and me. He's not holy. Yeah, he was disappointed by a bunch of other old guys. Yeah. Yeah, Well, It's sad. Have you noticed that the people that are are brave and secure and independent all believe in God? The people that are racing Mm -hmm. towards the COVID shot, that are in fear all the time, that believe everything the government tells them, don't believe in God. I mean, it's really a, a stark contrast. You know, I don't think that the pollsters measure that in politics enough. They should, they should ask people, you know, are you for, for Brandon? Oh, absolutely. Do you believe in God? No. Now I understand. You know, are you for Donald Trump? Well, absolutely. Do you believe in God? Of course. You know, I mean, wouldn't that be an interesting survey to take? How many people, mm-hmm. you know, who they vote for, you know, and, and, you know, do you believe that uh, our rights come from God or do you believe they come from government? Oh, they come from government. So, so you're voting for, you know, Brandon. Absolutely. Okay, fine. You know, but I mean, that kind of tracing. Of beliefs of, of where people's original beliefs come from. Now, who wears masks? Do you think Christians wear masks? Now, the Christians I fought for not letting <clears throat> many, their, not keeping the churches open. Were, many Christians fell into this deep light, and it's sad. Well, how do they, they were do that? And they believe. How though? Because they, we know masks don't work. They believe. The, the CDC has said that masks don't work. I've got a diagram on, on my vaccine group, which I can't get to for another 24 hours, <laughs> you know, maybe 23 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've got, I've got plenty of diagrams and, and plenty of examples showing that the size of a COVID virus is many, many, it's about a thousandth the size of the, the open pore. In other words, the space, you know, in the fibers of a mask. So it's like a thousand times smaller than the spaces and the masks are, mask spaces are huge compared to this. Yeah. All the blue masks, they have microscopic parasites, and they were becoming alive when the heat of your breath will heat it up after 20 minutes, half an hour, and people had it all day long. Oh, and a lot yeah. of those masks, they didn't even <clears throat> change. They had the cross mask or the blue mask, you know, and it had a lot of graphene. One lady, she was telling me, man, I was feeling dizzy the first day. It was horrible, but I couldn't come to work if I didn't have the mask, and I could not afford it to stay home. So 
very overwhelming for me as a Christian believer of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. If people were in so much fear of dying. And you know what? If you are a true, true Christian of Jesus Christ, don't fear death because you're absent from the body and present with the Lord quicker than what you can blink your eyes. Okay? Uh-huh. Why should I be afraid to die? I'm not afraid to die. I'm hey, afraid to die either. Whenever God calls me, Whenever God calls me, I'm ready to go. But when this criminal, Fauci, Biden, the Clinton, Bill Gates, when they're calling for my death, I'm not ready for that. And I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to say no to vaccines, no to masks, because Mm -hmm. I only believe in one king, King Jesus. And when I'm ready, he's going to call me home. So I'm not afraid of death when God... Cold. That's another thing I've noticed. Yeah, the more the stronger my belief in God, the more I realize that I, I'm almost like we are two two beings. We have a body, you know, but I, but I also feel a soul within me, and I and I feel that they're two separate things. So my body is containing my soul. They are separate. But my, my, yeah, but what's interesting though, but I didn't feel this way, you know, 30 years ago, and so it's it's, it's been an evolutionary process for me that I feel now I can I can feel within me a soul and a body. And I look at the body and the things I can do with it, like play guitar and, you know, bike ride and stuff like that. Uh, but that's a separate, it's almost like a separate entity from my soul, my consciousness, which is completely separate. That's going to go on, you know, beyond this body. This body is temporary, but I got to, I got to, you know, put my soul somewhere. <laughs> so this is where it is right now. Um, but I think that people that don't believe that and don't see that, they think that their, their body and soul are, are inevitably connected. When the body dies, they die. And so they fear death. Well, and, and if you fear death, yeah. then you're always worried about it. And if you're always worried about it, you're never going to do anything because you don't want anything to cause your death. So you never live. It's like Braveheart. Yeah. You know, and if you never live, then you'll live, then you'll put a mask on that. You'll put a mask on in your car. You put a mask on in your car with mm-hmm. the windows up because, well, we don't have anything affecting us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Greg, it's hysterical. you're born with a body, soul, mm-hmm. and spirit. Your body right. returns to the dust. Okay, because from that you were made, from that you will return. Either they created you or they're going to feed you to the maggots. Uh, so you return She's to the dust. She's brightened my day. I haven't had lunch yet. She's well, it's, it's, it's real. This is life. I know. Okay? I'm teasing you. So the yeah. body it returns to the dust. Your soul is when you dream, when you laugh, when you feel pain, when you mm-hmm. make good decisions, wrong decisions, when you feel the whole world is falling on top of you, and you sad, you cry. You you do evil things like drugs, pornography, adultery, all the stuff. So your soul is driving your body, and it did to my nephew, to my nephew to the point of death. That he murdered his wife and murdered himself. His soul was so overwhelmed. And then you have your spirit. Okay, the only connection between you and God. A dog has a body and soul, but it does not have a spirit because it's not a human being. Mm-hmm. Us humans have a body, soul, and spirit but not a Holy Spirit until you invite Jesus to come in and the Holy Spirit resides in you forever and ever and ever and ever to eternity. Yeah. And that's how our system works. People don't believe in that's part of the Trinity, body, soul, and spirit. When you look in the mirror, you're three and one. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit becomes one. So we become one once you accept Jesus Christ and you will live forever. If not, like Lazarus, Lazarus and the dog, he uh, he begged for food to the rich man. And this is an example on the Bible uh, mm-hmm. that God was telling us. And uh, the rich man, he begged for water, he begged for food. And the rich man, he will throw the uh, drum, uh, crumbs and the dog will eat him quickly. 
but the rich man died and he went straight to hell. One, he was in hell. He's begging for a drop of water in his tongue because he was burning. He was uh, burning so bad that he just begged for one drop of water in his tongue. And he's begging to get out. And then he realized that he was not going to get out of there. And then he's begging and he goes, could you please go tell my brothers and my sisters about this place? And the Bible says the doors will be knocked to their heart, meaning somebody's going to knock at the doors of your heart for you to embrace Jesus one day. If not, you don't have nothing. You can have all the money in the world. You can be rich and everything. But if you don't have Jesus, you don't have nothing. And he did come and walk among us. And there's witness that saw him going up into the heavens. And uh, when Mary Magdalene was going to touch him, he said, do not touch me because I haven't ascended yet to my father. And then when he came back to the wall, he said, Shalom, because Thomas did not believe that he was God. And he said, my Lord, my God, when he came through the wall. But uh, eternal life is free, and it's the only free gift that you can accept, but you have to accept. My friend in Miami, uh, this uh, very short little lady, black lady from uh, Jamaica, uh, she grew up in England, and we used to work out together. And uh, I was telling her over the phone, I said, Joyce, you have to do the three steps, sweetie. She said, what is that? And I started telling her, but it went in one ear at the other end. And I think about four or six months later, she called me here at the store, and she goes, Josie, she goes, I'm ready for the three steps. Could you please guide me again? And I got so overwhelmed. She didn't tell me she was very sick. And I gave the phone to my husband. I said, honey, go handle the store. I'm going to go in the back room. And I led her to Jesus over the phone, and she died four months later with Christ. She had received Jesus over the phone. And she didn't tell me that she was so sick with cancer. But she said, Josie, can you tell me about the three steps? And let me tell you. Yet uh, Sunday after church here uh, this week, Mm -hmm. uh, I invited a girl from Nicaragua, and uh, we were in the back uh, cooking barbecue, you know, hamburgers. And we started talking and talking about all kinds of lives and stuff. She was giving away as a baby, and I was giving away as a 13-year-old. And we were we had a lot in common and all that. She's a new girl dancing Zumba with us. And I invited her to church a few times, and she has come. So we're talking, and uh, before you know it, I told her about the three steps. Admit, believe, confess. And... Uh, she told me that she was a Christian since she was born. I said, no, 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 sweetie. I said, your, your family were Christians. You were in the environment of Christianity, but you don't become a Christian until you yourself accept the gift. And you know what? It was a mess. We were crying, and she received Jesus Christ in her heart Sunday back in the back of my store. It was an overwhelming time outside, even though it was hot, but we had a fan blowing. But okay. uh, I'm going to have to hold you up a bit because we have, uh, we have another report about to start here. So yes. uh, it's a great story, okay. though. But, uh, yeah. So let's God get a plug. You. Shameless plug. Yes. And, uh, uh, this yeah. is Josie with Action Radio reporting here from Pensacola today, not Milton. I'm here in my store, uh, 2009 East Olive Road, and come and shop for honey, eggs, and uniforms or whatever you like. God bless you and see you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Josie. Ciao. Bye-bye. Action Radio. 
part of the ADHD radio network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. That's the first break I've taken the whole show. We've been two hours straight. It's been uh, it's been just crazy this morning. So now I have uh, Bianca von Krieg, our, our West Coast uh, Progressive Caucus reporter, and uh, she's going to be going to Wednesdays at nine o'clock. But we've got a little conflict that I had this week. Chancey Terry's coming back. Our uh, uh, my favorite wellness person, <laughs> and uh, we have a new wellness person, CJ. Sorry, CJ, <laughs> but she has been on for over a year. She was great. Hoping to get her back on a regular basis, too. So things are a little bit disorganized this week, but, uh, you know, it, it could certainly be worse. So with a, a slight contrast with Josie. Good morning, Bianca. How you doing? What's going on? Hi, Greg. Good to be here. I was just listening to that young lady you had on before, and, you know, Jesus is great, but maybe not at, like, 7 a.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> Well, see, this is why I don't want you in this spot permanently, because the contrast between you and Josie is is so huge that uh, and, you know, you're both wonderful. And and, uh, I love your different points of view, and that's fine. Um, I mean, Josie and I disagree, too. She's got a lot of uh, theories of how things are going to happen with Trump that I just don't agree with. And that's okay. But Josie's my my oldest Mm -hmm. friend here, and uh, she's been on with me since my W.E.B.Y. days. And so, as, but I just figure uh, Wednesday's a better slot. I want to keep this one open. So this is, this is a pretty popular guest spot too. So anyway, we'll figure it out. But at least you can call, you're flexible enough. You can call in different times, which helps. So uh, yeah. tell us what's going on out there. What's, what's going on with the progressives? Well, let's see. They just uh, shot a guy with a knife this morning. <laughs> and where was the this? The cops did. Uh, it was right there in the Tenderloin. It took, uh, I guess, I guess mm-hmm. uh, 12 cops and about 18 bullets to bring down a crazy guy with one knife. Um, well, uh, yeah. knives, you know, and I, I've, I actually, I don't, I haven't told you this, but I haven't mentioned on the air for a while. Briefly, I was a, I was a U.S. Customs Inspector, and so I've had federal law enforcement training. You know, I actually scored distinguished wow, expert on pistol rain. and. Yeah, I've done a lot of different things. Anyway, so I was, you know, an expert mm-hmm. shot, uh, did really well in my testing and everything else. But then they, uh, they told me, you know, when they started hiring all these new young kids uh, who had, you know, we had nine weeks of training. We we're like wonder trainers because after 9-11. Uh, then they brought in these young kids mm-hmm. in nine months and, and they were getting good jobs. And I said, well, you know, what's, what's, what, what, what am I going to I want to catch bad guys. I want to do, you know, good work here. No, you're going to stand here in this, you're going to stay here in this booth stamping passports. I said, how long? And they said, the rest of your career. <laughs> I said, are you kidding? This is SFO. I'm right SFO. I might have even stamped a passport for you. You never know. I said, wait a minute. Look, I got a brain. You know, I can do stuff. I, I scored, you know, I was, I was one of the highest scoring people on your test. The only reason I didn't get an award for academics was I scored a 94.9. If I got 95, one tenth of a point more, I would have had yet another award. So I got a distinguished shooting award. I got uh, almost an academic award. Um, I was doing pretty well in the physical stuff, you know, and it was interesting. There are three of us, two ex-cops and me. Uh, we we're, were all in our 40s, right? And so we were passing, you know, Army Ranger veterans, you know, in their 20s, 
you know, this is, and we're talking Georgia here, this is Brunswick, Georgia, at the Fletzy, the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. So I'm there with, you know, and the cops, they're in good shape too, a couple of New York cops and me. <laughs> so we, we actually ran, uh, and I trained for this too, because I'm, I'm, I'm not much of a runner, but in 100 degree heat, you kind of separate the, uh, you know, those who are determined and those who have a brain and those who are not. So you start slow and wait for the, the kids to run ahead and pass out, and then you just kind of run by them when they're laying on the ground beside you. Um, but it was a fascinating experience. But they, but the federal government. This is another reason, you know, I have no use for the federal government. Is that they just took a look at me, decided I was 42. I was too old for any good job, you know, because I was going to be retiring, you know, a few years anyway, which isn't true. I didn't start radio here until I was 57, you know, in, in uh, WBY. And so uh, they put me in a booth. I said, well, get me out of this booth. I was there like eight months. Said, I, you got to get me out of this booth. I can't do this eight hours a day stamping passports. I'm going insane. They said, no, that's it. You're too old for anything else. Okay, so I left. But uh, but as far as the, you know, the training was fabulous. Uh, and I have no idea how we got onto this topic. But um, yeah. Oh, police! I want to <laughs> the talk guy about who's that. shot in the tenderloin. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. You know, this is a senior moment. Okay. Anyway, but um, it so, just seems so like San something they could have done with like you know a stun gun or something like that or a, well, like a taser. Well, here's know. what I was getting to. Uh, there was a point. Or not a story. hail of bullets. Well, no, I see them. One of the things that, that, that they taught in law enforcement, and I believe it, because we actually practice this, um, because we had simulated guns. We, we wore these plastic guns all the time, and we do exercises in the gym. And if someone comes at you with a knife, if they're within 21 feet of you, they will kill you before you can draw and aim that gun. So that's the police standard. I'm not, I'm not giving away police secrets here, but they train for 21 feet. I don't know how you estimate that, but it's like, you know, three-person lengths. Well, or they were at least four at that point. 20 meters away from this guy, and he was a little okay. crazy. Um, well, but the, and, thing, and the so, thing I'm worried yeah. about is like if you're high, you don't really appreciate you know commands or you know mm-hmm. possibly even like other human voices and um, and I know they have special like uh, Kevlar blankets for this kind of thing too, uh, just to uh, to throw like a somebody like kind that. Of thing? Yeah, see that makes so Kevlar for no, those that don't know it's bulletproof, yeah, like, but it's not knife proof. Like Kevlar is <laughs> you can you can stab through a bulletproof vest no, with a knife. No, Kevlar is proof. What's that? Kevlar is knife proof. Kevlar is knife I don't think so. It's a fiber. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I bought a I bought a vest and it and it said uh, this is like you know knife proof and uh, I can take a. I think it was like I think a, it has to have some kind of a a, a metal plate inside it like to be to be knife proof. No, no, Kevlar is uh. knife proof. Is this because of yeah. your political? You may not want to answer this question. Is this because of your your candidacy for for running against Pelosi or or any of your political activities that you have to wear a vest, or they just recommend it, or what, what's the story behind that? I'm curious. And like I said, you don't have to answer. Oh that question. yeah, it might be a security question. I don't know. I'm just asking anyway because I'm nosy. Well, uh, you know, it's never a bad idea to have one handy. Uh, interesting mm-hmm. thing. I was in a hotel the other day, and I was. Uh, listening to a couple guys behind me and they were just talking about like uh, something that Pelosi or Biden did or both. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, not Pelosi, um, Harris, uh, Kamala and, uh, and uh, Joe Biden were, did. And then they kind of chuckled themselves like, hope you guys got your guns in order and your ammo stored. <laughs> I was like, wow, what a segue. For, um, did you ask for what? I mean, that'd be my first question. Why would I need guns? To I didn't want to let because... them know I was in, listening to their conversation. There's nothing good on TV in the bar, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think the, okay. I, the, 
the idea was is that uh, you know there was you know some sort of a civil war coming in. You know, that's one of the biggest reasons that I created Action Radio. I saw this years ago, and I was really worried about this, that, uh, you know, it's the deep state would do this. It's not the left. It's not the right. It's not the progressives. It's not the conservatives. It's not the independents. It's not the libertarians. You know, it's it's the deep state segregating, again, people by race, by by political group, by anything they can to create a war. Because they want a war. I mean, they're all separate. Yeah. There's a reason that Obama. They want. They want. Got, a, they want a race war. That's what they want. Yeah. They've been trying. Well, to we, we're not going to give years. it to. Them. Yeah. But, uh, but either yeah, race war, they, they gender war. Trying, like every yeah. little incident or shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody gets looked at cross-eyed by a white guy, and then you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a whole. Thing. Wait a minute, I'm a white guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> black guy looks but, at cross-eyed. If somebody. <laughs> Well, no, there's there's a different standard. There are things that uh, black guys can do that white guys can't, like use the N word, you know. But if I if someone called me yeah. if a, a black person called me a honky, you know, why couldn't I scream and yell? How dare you? You know, I'm going to arrest you for that. That's offensive. You just use a you know you just use hate speech. What do you mean honky? You know, or, or Hawaiian calls me a howly. What am I going to do? You know, but uh, the N word I can't even say it on the air for because I don't want to lose my show. Uh, that's how bad it is. What I otherwise sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, blazing saddles. They said it every other sentence. <laughs> you know, that's how far we've come. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, here's something and, interesting uh, too. That's, uh, speaking of Milbray, because yeah. you, you uh-huh. got me, you got me going on about the when you mentioned the airport, I thought of Milbray, and I don't know okay. if you guys have heard about this, but there's this um, like hotel in the middle of their one one street town, mm-hmm. and um, the owner wants to sell it to the county so they can use it to house homeless people. Hmm. And there was, I think you might have saw it on Newsmax the other day. I did. And uh, there's this whole uproar. <laughs> They're calling it an affluent community. It's not. Milbury? Not actually the airport. But, but Atherton and, yeah. and uh, San Mateo and some of those yeah, places right around the airport. Yeah, there's money. There. That's where all the, uh, the 49er football players live. Because <laughs> it's, you know, really wealthy. Man. <laughs> They're up in Atherton. Okay, but, so uh, yeah, so they're... they're so these, you know, these people don't want to have it in their town. The owner wants it because the owner's business, he's not getting any business in that area. It's kind of a crummy area anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> so the owner wants it. The county wants it. It's just the locals don't want it. And it's just the same kind of like not my backyard thing mm-hmm. that we've been seeing. Like, yeah, let's do something for the homeless, but not in my backyard. Like, I guess they're supposed to put them out in New York. Well, they're not Pacific Heights. And Travis they're, not, they're not renting out front yards yeah. in Pacific Heights, you know, for, for the homeless. Oh, gee, what a surprise! <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, you got to start with the area that's that's you know that's more cost effective, and uh-huh. you got to have some infrastructure around there so they can buy things and you know catch buses and things like that. Well, um, but it's, it's it's what do they think they're going to do there? They think they're going to like do drugs or. <laughs> you know, buy crack cocaine. They're just people who are trying to, you know, struggle to exist. And well, here's my it seems idea. like a win-win for the owner and the government. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, to me, I, I think that, uh, well, not the homeless, but the illegal aliens, you know, they're trying to put them in homes, especially in New York. And that to me is like an article. Yeah, that's a, a bill that. of rights. But, but, but to me, it's a bill of rights violation. So the third amendment, no, most people know the first and the second and the fourth. They don't know the third. The third is against quartering soldiers in your home. So to me, if the government, the, the illegal government of Brandon is quartering or the New York government is quartering illegal aliens in people's homes or in their schools, which is, you know, public property, that to me is a Third Amendment violation. It would be the same as quartering soldiers. You're quartering people, you know, basically foreigners, illegal aliens in a place that they, they literally cannot be in because they're illegal aliens. You know, they've not been officially admitted to this country. They haven't been through a hearing. They haven't, they're not immigrants. They're just here. 
So to me, to force Americans to have to live with illegal aliens in either their homes or their schools uh, is a Bill of Rights, is a Third Amendment violation. And I don't hear anybody else talking about that. How, how are the progressive folks well, it's a bit of a look at something like that? For the law. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah it is obviously, we're happy that people are being housed. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I always say that immigration is the real third rail of politics, you know, because okay. it, it has like this it seems to have gotten this racial component, which, you know, I don't really get. And, uh, you know, ultimately, it's just about economic versus political refugees. Everybody wants political refugees. Nobody wants, you know, economic refugees. And it seems like we're just getting a lot of economic refugees to, you know, bolster up, bolster this kind of subsistence state, which they've just been grooming for years and years and years. Uh, to keep the wages, like, you know, obscenely low, you know, keep the standards low, and so the rich can just have everything else. Hmm. And, you know, so, this is this is just another version of, like, they, um, <clears throat> I, I put, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I posted up again, um, you know, I sent it to um team, that picture of Nancy Pelosi in his office saying, Mr. President, we can have, security without a wall and she's referring to the border wall and then of course when January 6th happened she puts up a big wall around the White House <laughs> I think so, I post uh, I've ever seen it I, I post a couple of your posts you know on my page now of course I, I'm under restriction right now I can't um, put I can't even do group posts now, let me tell you two Facebook things that happened I think it, well I don't call it jail because I didn't do anything wrong to me, it's, face, it's Facebook <laughs> political prison, okay? So it's like January 6th. Yeah. I'm a political prisoner of Facebook. I didn't, you know, I don't want to say for jail because that would be, uh, that, that goes with their language. But here's two things that happened that I think you'll find interesting. I'm curious your reaction. Then I want to get back to two points that you raised that are really interesting, political refugee versus economic refugee. Because I, I, I think mm-hmm. one I accept and one I don't, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. But I post, um, there, there was some, just for the fun of it, uh, I wanted to kind of poke fun. There was, do you remember the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Did you ever watch that? That was in San Francisco for. I never watched it all the way through, but I've just kind of seen parts of it over and over again. <laughs> okay, yeah, because it keeps showing the same kind of stuff. Well, apparently, I was gonna, I was, I was in a sarcastic mood, and I said, uh, you know, well, there was a time when this was funny, and now everybody's so serious, you can't make fun of anybody, you can't say anything, you can't do anything. So I looked for. Uh, um, it was the sweet transvestite theme song from the, from the show. I thought, let me just post this for fun. I, I post all kinds of various music videos and things. Well, apparently I couldn't find one on YouTube. I said, well, now I'm curious. So I found one with, uh, with Spanish subtitles. This is the only one I could find, right? And I'm thinking, <laughs> it's like blazing saddles with the N-word, every other word, every other sentence. You can't find that mm-hmm. anymore either. Um, although at the time in the 80s, it was perfectly acceptable. Is it a racist term? Absolutely. We knew that. But we knew, what, we knew the context, so it was Okay. Uh, it's like the the heavy metal bands, you know, where men were wearing spandex and makeup, and uh, it was okay. You could make fun of them. It was a joke. You know, you know, it wasn't like a civil rights group. Anyway, so so I posted the the the, the Rocky Horror thing with the Spanish subtitles. It was immediately taken down. I mean, immediately. They, it was automatic. So they already had the algorithm, uh, and they and they put me on restriction. So then I'm like, okay, well, fine. I'm restricted for the next three months. So then I post. I was looking at. Uh, I'm looking into the uh, the dad Joe the plumber. Do you remember Joe the plumber? He was the one that criticized Obama, saying his plan was a socialist tax plan. And Obama said, Oh, well, yeah, we, I think I just heard gotta, about that yesterday. Like, right. You got to spread the wealth. He got around. up in the middle of a rally and just. Is that who I'm thinking of? Well, the guy who just got up in a rally and just said, you're, mm-hmm. You don't know what you're talking about. Kind of like the John no, Oliver no... or the Oliver Anthony guy. 
No, he was in the crowd. Obama was walking around a crowd, and uh, he was asking you know sort of random questions to people. He had the microphone out, and this guy comes up and says, he says, I'm Joe the Plumber or whatever. He became known as Joe the Plumber. Uh, I think Sarah Palin might have given him that name. And he said, I don't like your tax plan. I said, your plan is a socialist plan. I said that uh, you say it's going to benefit you know, low-income people or, or middle-income people. It's not. It's going to cost me a fortune as I'm trying to buy a plumbing business. So that's what became known as Joe the Plumber. And Obama says, well, you know, that's your problem. You've, you've got to spread the wealth around, which is like wrong. <laughs> as far as like, what's up? This is something that we talk about all the time as to how do we get the most money to people's pockets. Uh, that's not the way that I see doing it. So then I post that. And then Facebook violates me again for posting the Joe the Plumber story from Gateway Pundit saying it was a cybersecurity violation. So tell me how this would work. Well, you're, in the, you're, in, you're in Facebook land. You've got, you got Silicon Valley just down the road from you. How is it possible that mm-hmm. I get violated a, for, for posting Rocky Horror, which came out in the 80s. I think it was like 1980 the film came out. And B, I get restricted for posting a story from Gateway Pundit. I post the same story from New York Post, and it's fine. But I post it from Gateway Pundit, and I get a cybersecurity violation. Now I can't even contact my own groups for 24 hours. What's going on? I think you got guilt, guilty by association. Oh. I think, I think you're on a partial list, and then... When you, uh, it's kind of like you know uh, the Voltron robots. When they, when they all come together, they form Voltron. And so like okay. one at a time, it's you know, and one at a, one each. So I'm a target. Like, yeah, okay, that's <laughs> I'm a natural target. But when you guys start trying to form, when you guys all come together to form Voltron, that's when you, that's when it's, I guess a problem for them. I really do you don't know, know. You know, it, it, it's huh. It seems do you know ridiculous. Facebook executives? Do you talk to people at Facebook who work there? I mean, you're in the area. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't met anyone from Facebook in a long, long time. Oh, um, too bad. I, we need a contact. The only there. person I came close with is um, uh, Adam Devine when I were in a movie together, and his sister works at Facebook. Okay, that's about it. <laughs> okay, well, you know, it's just not, I, we need a little more direct contact. You know, not that I expect Zuckerberg to come on this show, um, but uh, I think we're, we're definitely having a stretch having you on, which I think is really cool. Uh, so I like him. Well, I have. On. Oh, that's right. I have been to his house a couple times. Zuckerberg's? What's it like? Is it like the Playboy yeah. Mansion or what? No, I wish. He's, <laughs> he's really <laughs> kind of... like a high school uh, bedroom? Or what, what, what is Zuckerberg's house? No, like? it's like he, he bought one of those like creepy big Victorians up on oh. um, uh, at the top of Noe Valley on 24th Street or something like that. And uh, <clears throat> we've had uh, protests there before. We've uh, gone in. But uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, he lives in Noe Valley? It's not like, yeah. But that's like surrounded by other people. Wouldn't, wouldn't he have an exclusive mansion somewhere on a mountaintop or something? Guy's multi-billionaire. I think so, but no. Okay, let me, let me explain this for folks. down to that hospital that he built. <laughs> this is, here's some inside San Francisco information. Okay, so uh, Noe Valley, and it's spelled N-O-E. Most people that don't know call it No Valley. No, it's Noe. N-O-E. Noe Valley. Noe. It, yeah. is, it is this wonderful... Little, it's like an, like an island within San Francisco, which is an island within the United States. Uh, it is a fascinating little place. It's got some of the best gourmet food shops and little restaurants. It is, it, it takes quaint to the nth degree. It's beautiful in Noe Valley, and most people don't know about it because it's not really on the tourist maps or the hop-on, hop-off buses or or things like that. No. And again, I used to be a tour guide, but if you know San Francisco, you know Noe Valley. And don't go there on the weekends because the, all the foods and rest, food shops and restaurants are completely jammed. Um, but it's, it's a beautiful place to go. And I didn't know Zuckerberg was living there. That's interesting. And they have beautiful yeah. Victorians. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it also kind of is the de facto lesbian neighborhood in the city. Really? Yeah. 
I didn't know. Do they all drive Subaru Outbacks? Have. I heard that was like the, the lesbian car of choice was a Subaru Outback. That's a white thing. That's not, that's a white, that's not white a, lesbian? That's a white thing. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like if you get – once you're white, like you get your uh, Patagonia fleece vest and your uh-huh. Subaru and that's it. You're good to go. Okay. You still drive Bur- – Or if you're a venture capitalist. Oh, okay. Venture, yeah, yeah, venture <laughs> capitalist and then lesbians. Interesting. Uh, that's funny. Every venture capitalist, every venture capitalist, everyone always wears those Patag- Patagonia fleece vests. It's like it's, it's become a thing. I Over actually here, don't know what those are. I have, to, I have to look that up. You know, I'm, I'm, I wear like polo shirts and, you know, jeans and, you know, whatever. You know, it's kind of fun. I'm pretty casual uh, even in San Francisco. But, you know, it's interesting. Now, I always wondered about this, too. You'd be the perfect person to ask about this because it's like the, the, the gay guys would concentrate in the Castro. But, uh, you know, but it, there yeah. wasn't really like a lesbian community. There wasn't a set. You couldn't say this was the lesbian district of San Francisco. Like you say, the Castro was the gay district. And so it's yeah. interesting. I didn't know that about Noe Valley. So why? How? What? What's? Uh, well, tell me. Because the Castro runs into Noe Valley. Okay. You keep going around Castro. Yeah. Yeah. So they. Yeah, it's, it's like the walls of politics. Camelot. You <laughs> like the walls of Camelot, then you get into Noe Valley. Yeah. Okay. Oh. That's that's how it happened. Okay. Is there um, a, a vast difference in numbers? Has anybody taken a look at, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's like a census thing or how you would do that, but the size of the lesbian community versus the size of the gay community in the Castro. Has anybody taken a look at that? Uh, um, I'm sure somebody has. I haven't seen them. I, I, wish they, mm-hmm. I wish they were larger on the lesbian end. It seems like they're vastly disproportionate. Mm-hmm. Um, I attend many like um, LGBT uh, Democratic clubs mm-hmm. here, and <laughs> they were supposed to have lesbians. I've never seen them there. I've, I think I've seen yeah, occasional, I think it's a like, number. One, one girl who got yeah. lost or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's well as someone you know that, that had uh, you know, of course, being in San Francisco, you, you know that even us straight guys have lesbian friends, and it was fascinating the insights into the into the community. And I always wanted to take me to a lesbian bar, but they never would. I mean, I said, well, I'm a straight guy. Why, why not go? You know, and it was, it was kind of interesting. You're not um, missing but, much. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't you – know, who would I talk to, right, except my friend? <laughs> you know, I've, I've um, been to some, and they're kind of um, – I, I don't know. It's, uh, oh. Most well, of the, m- the women there are, like, uh, just, like, short Asian women. Like, when I say short, like, <laughs> under five <laughs> foot tall. <laughs> Um, they're listening to like the nastiest kind of industrial music, you know. Oh God! I kind of like pop music more, like Madonna yeah. and Lady Gaga, and there's none of that there. It's just like kind of this real nasty industrial rap. I don't even know what to call it. I'm sure they have a name for it, but yeah, you're not missing much. Lesbian not, rap? Can can I say that? I guess it's I not can. like the L word or something like that. It's uh, very different. Now in LA, it's a different scene. LA is much huh. nicer. Yeah. I've been to some That's places there, and yeah, yeah. I remember as a tour guide that uh, that, that gay travel uh, or LGB travel was huge. Uh, it's like an entire industry, mm. and so that would be something interesting to investigate. I want to get back to the police for a little bit though, because we haven't really finished that topic. The um, mm. you know, especially with the defund police movement, uh, San Francisco would seem like the natural target to have the smallest police force possible. But I dealt with San Francisco police for, for the most part; they were pretty decent people. You know, I even applied to work there back uh, when yeah. I, before I got my customs job. And I thought, I want to serve the country. We've been attacked at 9-11. I, want, I didn't join the military, and I'm 40, and I want to do something. Uh, and I was, too old, I was too old to join the military at that point, but there were a couple of options open. And one of the ones I explored was San Francisco police. Now, they didn't hire me, 
fine. Then the, the, the county sheriff, I did get hired by customs, uh, which is interesting. But they were they were decent people. I had no complaints for San Francisco yeah. police and, and never have. So how are they standing now in, in probably the ultimate progressive city in the country? How are they doing? Well, obviously, there, there's a there's a huge um, uh, de- deficit that they're trying to fill. Okay. In, I think they're probably down like 500 now. officers. Oh, yeah, wow. I was just going to say that. You could probably get a job now. Yeah, but I'm I mean, every time I, I, <laughs> I meet one of them or talk to yeah. one of their captains or something, they was like, tell your friends we're looking for people. Here's the 800 number to call. <laughs> They've got what's, an 800 number and everything. And What's the starting salary? It's got to be close to six figures for San Francisco cop. Oh, it's way beyond that. Oh, it is? It's way beyond that. It's, uh, and they can't yeah, find people? Um, with overtime, they can get about 200, you know, close to 200 grand. I hear. Um, so they have a lot of financial conscripts, unfortunately, too. They're just people who, you know, had make the decision to either leave the city or, uh, you know, work for the cops. So Well, most cops um, don't live in the and, city, uh, as far as I think uh, some do, obviously, but a lot don't. So I think some of the older ones had to move out when they got families and things. But, right. um, yeah, I've seen a lot of them in the city. Well, if you were uh, young a and single... Of, uh, you can make a fortune. The only way you can be cop. middle class and live in the city right. is you have to work for the city. Really. Right. Yeah. So that we need to explore that too, because if we've got a situation now in the country where some of these cities are so expensive, especially on the West Coast, that the that you you have no middle class working for a private industry. Because I've noticed that you've got you've got city workers which are going to afford to be there. You've got people working in mm-hmm. like the Union Square stores, the ones that are left. Um, that are renting couches, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, a, in a living room with maybe two other people. So you have three people in the living room living mm-hmm. on, on three different couches, you know. So the disparity yeah. is, is huge. And nothing really struck me as a contrast more than when I was a tour guide. And this is my last year before I'm, I'm getting ready to get out of town. And I remember there was, it was the black and white ball. Uh, it was the year of the black and white ball, which is every two years. For folks that don't know, mm-hmm. this is one of the, the gala events of San Francisco. And the men wear tuxedos and the women wear cocktail dresses. and They all look fabulous, right? And what was interesting was this: mm-hmm. they held an outdoor party uh, at City Hall. But across the street, the city park across from City Hall is where all the homeless live. So I've got, you know, Fred mm-hmm. and Ethel Mertz from Kansas, you know, and their two kids and a bunch of, you know, I've got you know, a, a tour of Midwesterners, these you know, folks from all over the country. And I said, and I looked and I said, you know, this, and they're looking at me like, what's going on? I said, well, this is San Francisco. You've got the black and white ball, you know, you've got the aristocrats on the left and you've got the homeless on the right. That's where the city is now. I said, what you don't have is where we are, a middle. There's no middle anymore. Yeah. And that's a problem. No, it's pretty hard to find. <laughs> It's like these pockets are being held up together by rent control. But, um, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that, too, because I remember that that UN Plaza there mm-hmm. um, kind of wedged between the library and the federal buildings. Is now, they, uh, they've turned it into a carnival area. So they used to have, oh, really? They used to have, yeah, they used to have, so that was a big carnival set up there. It was like rides and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, that's interesting. Where there used to be like a farmer's market. And I think this is their way of kind of doing backdoor gentrification in that area um, to try and push the, the drug users you know, continuously and continuously push them without actually solving the problem. Hmm. Again, just, you know, sweeping it under a rug that's not even really there anymore. And if it was, it's completely, you know, bulging with horribleness. 
Um, well, what's going on? What like, I mean, there's got to be a way to solve this. Uh, there are beautiful areas of the city, and they're terrible areas. So I remember the Richmond, which is a northwest district, beautiful. A lot of a lot of different. You know, you've got like a Russian area. You've got different cultures. You got all kinds of things going on. That's where I saw Robin Williams. You know, back in the '80s at the Holy City Zoo. Um, you've got areas like the Tenderloin, which is you know needle drops everywhere, and it's just downright dangerous. Even though I used to drive, you know, our Christmas tour through there on the, on the motorized cable cars. Um, but there's actually a tour now of the Tenderloin. People are paying money to see just this horrible yeah. place. They've, you know, it's no, like they won't we know... do that again, though. What's that? The, that tour is gone. The guy didn't show up. Oh, oh, really? The Doom Loop guy. Yeah, he didn't show up. And we sent people down there. Uh, the the report, uh, every news, most news outlets sent somebody down there. And it was last Saturday at uh, 11 a.m. Guy didn't show up. <laughs> he didn't do his own tour? $30 to get... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did he get threatened, yeah. you think? Or so, did, why would he not do that? Anybody Has anybody found him? That's that's the mystery. No, he was registered as anonymous. I mean, I suppose the cops can eventually find him. It's technically fraud. It is fraud. I'm figuring yeah. out what... Well, someone sent yeah, me a story. So they'd have I to, um, it was funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but the, the thing is, is that there was actually a couple of other groups there planning what they called counter tours just to kind of keep this guy honest in case he was trying to blame it on, you know, poor people or something like that. And they kind of picked up the slack. So they said, you know, well, we're sorry this guy didn't show up, but if you want to take our tour, we'll do, we'll, <laughs> we'll do the same thing for you. Yeah. And it's free. And they even, and somehow this group even managed to get, you know, offer these people sandwiches from the local, mm-hmm. um, bodegas in the area too so um but you know so like people, i say was, okay i'm sorry go ahead no that was it it was so it mm. kind of had a nice little ending to it so to speak that's interesting but the reason i, I like focusing on san francisco first of all i know it and secondly it's such a microcosm mm. it's such a, a really descriptive interesting place how did it get you know yeah. we talked about the, the high-tech boom you know where you had ultra rich and, and the middle class just couldn't afford to be there anymore so how do we create a city? Uh, my my choice would be you know non governmental as much as possible. But how do we? You know when I moved there, I moved to San Francisco in 1984. Uh, Jerry Garcia was still playing with his band in Golden Gate Park. You know the the Napa wine areas you could just drive to and there was room. There wasn't a train or you know 15,000 buses on the freeway. Uh, did it just get overcrowded? Uh, I mean the policies aren't working obviously, but something. You know how do we get it back? I'd be happy with like 1980s San Francisco. It was really fun. It was a fun place to be. You know, you didn't have, you had like half the population, Mm -hmm. uh, but you had the same infrastructure, you know, so the same freeways, you had the same amount of power being generated, the same amount of water reservoirs, but you had half the people. It's like California doubled its population, but it didn't change its infrastructure to keep up with it. And now we're seeing all these massive problems, plus the high tech boom priced everybody out of the market. So if we could fix San Francisco, we, we could fix anywhere. What's that? That whole sentence you just said just cut out completely. <laughs> oh. I don't know if it's my phone or on your end. but um, hope not. It's pretty good, too. Well, well yeah. Just, oh, I, like, I, how can we solve just, the problem? It's like I said. Do we have to have, you know, universal basic income? We have to have – because mm-hmm. it's, it's the people at the very top who are causing these problems, either advertently or inadvertently. They're doing it. They're sucking up all of the capital that would have been, you know, more evenly distributed – um, you know, we've seen that you like to talk about the national debt. You know, Republicans have contributed, 
you know, starting with Reagan, $2 trillion to the national debt. And then oh, don't include me as a Republican. Bush, he I did five. I register as a Republican only for the primaries, but I have no use for the Republican Party. I call the GOP the gelding old party. They're useless. You know, so I pick on Republicans more than Democrats. I understand Democrats, but, uh, I, you know, yeah. what the so Republicans do is that's what we need to discussion. do, really, is that we need okay. to solve it that. We need to, you know, because right. the money, thing, money is, like, is like mass. And when mass has sufficient mass, it has its own gravity. And once it has its own gravity, it starts pulling in more mass. And that's that's really a great way to think about it. Is when they say the rich get richer, that's not just something that poor people say. It's you know it's very much a, an actual axiom. And we have to we have to correct it. There's forty thousand vacant units in this city. It's ridiculous, you know. And they're they're talking about you know like homeless. Like oh, what can we do about it? I mean the the um the city attorney just came right out and said, look, if we if we had the cost of curing it, the cost of housing people in San Francisco would be 1.5 billion dollars. There's 77 billion dollars, uh, 77 billionaires in the city. We could, between the between the bunch of them, they can have it solved like you know tomorrow. They just What's don't the want to make the people pay. Yeah, it's well, uh, close to 15 billion. Okay. It's more than Los Angeles, and um, even though it interacts with the population. Right now, we're close to about a million people here in the mm-hmm. city. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's more than Los Angeles, and uh, but it can be done. They just don't want to do it. They don't want to pay. They don't want to pay their fair share. They want to continue to just think that people should live for the purpose of, you know, serving them and then dying in their, you know, studio apartment that they share with four other, you know, illegal immigrants or something like that. Um, <clears throat> and... Yeah, that's uh, and obviously that's not sustainable, and many people are calling them on it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, we're seeing the crisis at the border, and uh, this kind of just <laughs> sieve that they created has just gotten out of control. The dam's bursting, the dike has all. Well, has well here's the question though: the Democrats it. did this, and you're part of the Progressive Caucus. The you know the Demo- you know you know Democrats. Mm-hmm. Why are you know why isn't the Progressive Caucus condemning this? You know, you know it's not good for the country. We do. You know, it's so, but it's but it's not known. It's not vocal. It's you know, when people think of progressives or socialists or or the squad or or the Democrat Party in general, you know, that's who's getting the blame because that's who opened the border. You know, this is a, a Biden. You know, as far as I'm concerned, insurrection government. I don't believe he won the election for a second. So everything he's doing is illegal. So they've illegally opened the border. They're burdening this country with all these people. We've got, you know, they say six, seven million. It's probably closer to 15. Uh, I know a lot of those folks are ending up in the sanctuary cities, which means they're ending up in San Francisco. So it's not doing you any good in mm-hmm. the city to have even more people no. coming in who shouldn't be here. And I want to talk about and it. And I'm against get back to sanctuary cities. So, but that's not known. You know, I, I how think many, it's an inhumane policy. Yeah, but if you ask progress, if you ask people, do you think the progressive caucus is against sanctuary cities? They'll go, no, of course not. They're for it. They're the ones who created them. So what do you do with that perception then? Yeah. Uh, well, I just try to tell them that it's it's not sustainable. Um, you know, we can't house the people we have now, mm-hmm. and therefore to tell people, you know, from other parts of the world, yeah, come on over and we'll just figure it out is is not kind of a good plan, and it ends up just being you know incredibly insensitive. You know, imagine you know somebody like crawling across their you know on their face for hundreds, if not thousands, of miles from 
South America across the, I think, what, what do they call it, the Darien Strait yep. of uh, Panama or something like that. And Yeah, yeah. And, I've been to um, Panama. It's interesting. Yeah. And then getting here, and then it's like, you know, the no vacancy sign is turned on. And I mean, come on. You know, that's going to make you pretty damn angry if you weren't already so, and pretty desperate. So, it, so yeah, why would has, you say, yeah. We have been criticizing say, the Democratic Party for years about this stuff, okay. about, you know, migrating over to this kind of corporate neoliberalism, which just, you know, enables everything as long as nobody has to pay for it, you know. Um, stepping on people's values, uh, not any real part of the future, just kind of, you know, really just trading on fear and immediate gratification. You know, um, we need to really start making investment, long-term investments in the kind of what I would call the moral hygiene of our country and, and it's not being done. And, you know, we're seeing the problems right now with crime. You know, the solutions to crime aren't overnight. They're a very long-term investment, and they've been divested from slowly for over 20 or 30 years. You can't fix mm-hmm. that overnight. And it's and when you, when you try to, um, <clears throat> in these very, very costly, very, very visual examples of, you know, people being killed or murdered when they, when they really didn't need to be, um, so that, you know, they really need to fix the problems that they didn't fix that started back in the 80s and 90s that are coming, you know, coming home to roost, as mm-hmm. uh, Cornell West would say. And we're seeing that now. Love to have we're him seeing. on the show. He'd be great to have on if you if you if you're in contact. Oh, I agree. I love the guy. I could I could listen to that guy read the phone book. <laughs> uh, he, Really, yeah, that terrific about guy. It, yeah. Like one yeah. of the things on my bucket list is to blaze up and listen to one of his lectures. Um, you know, he's a he's a great guy, and I I think him as uh, Kennedy's running mate would make a serious serious ticket. They would probably well, you not buy him off altogether. I'm trying to get uh, Kennedy in. Well, I, I had um, Tucker Carlson's biographer on. I had Chadwick Moore on last Thursday. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to email him today. But one of my ideas for him was that he hosts during the next you know GOP goober debate and that's short for for globalist deep stater goober uh so the next goober debate uh you can use that by the way um i i want i'm hoping that uh, Tucker will host it doesn't a, make sense. A, yeah it seems to fit them um there's no there's no d in GOP <laughs> i still call them goobers <laughs> You know, I think it seems appropriate. Anyway, but the point of it is to get uh, both Trump and Kennedy at the same table talking as serious individuals who both love this country but have you know different ways of, of fixing it. And I think that would be a discussion that would be historic and would so overshadow the GOP goobers that nobody would be listening to them. Uh, and I think that would be – that oh, yeah. in itself is good. Well, the other thing I want to do. Yeah, it'd be a great pay per view, if nothing else. <laughs> no, it'd, it'd just be they could do a Twitter thing again. But the other thing, and I got Pianki in line. I want to get to him in a second. But the other thing that I think would be fascinating, and I'm going to talk to uh, Chadwick again about this. I mentioned it on the show, so I'm not, there's no like secret agenda here, folks. Um, that uh, I go on the show with Tucker, and we write a bill on the air and show people exactly how easy uh, and how straightforward this process is, and then he sends his bill into um, Congress right from the show. That would be historic. I need a sponsor. 
Well, I don't know. So I'm sure we could find sponsors. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. We of course have. Oh, you mean a Congress? Yeah, of course, absolutely, you do. But he would probably send it to his member of Congress, whoever that is. Uh, and then we, if that didn't work, then we look around for other people. But I. But if you know, several million people sent in uh, the bill that we wrote, you know, on the air uh, into Congress, that would be a groundswell. Just the effect of that, measuring that groundswell, would be uh, would be fascinating. Um, let me get let me get Pianca in the call here, and then I guess of course I always have more questions. Yeah, there you okay. go. Pianchi, you're on with uh, Bianca Von Creek. Uh, go ahead, Pianchi. Constitutional amendments to deal with these migrants, these immigrants. Why? Because it needs to be done constitutionally. Well, see, I disagree with you, and I'll tell you why. Because we've already got laws against illegal aliens. That's the problem. And, and the question for Bianca is, is – from a Democrat socialist perspective, it doesn't make sense to where people already have a homeless problem, like in San Francisco, to bring in millions more people. It's not going to make it better. It's like climate change. It's the same thing. You're not going to, you know, if you believe that people have too much carbon footprint, bringing in more people is not going to help our situation. You know, especially when you bring people exactly. from poor countries to a country where the cost of living just quadrupled or more. How does that make sense? Let's get back to Pianchi's question. How are you going to keep them out? Alone. You got uh, walls well, you, now. How are you going to keep them out? Well, I have ways of – first of all, you have the border wall. Secondly, no, you have deportation. Well, and third, you have uh, – So we can – What's your way to do it? My way is civil asset forfeiture. You confiscate the, the goods and property of illegals here, and you confiscate the companies that hire them. You, you literally seize them. Uh, all right. Now, let me ask you this. Who's going to – you know, it sounds like a good idea, but if you got illegals that's voting – then how voting on laws? We talked way, about that too. That's illegal. Also, be, we, we covered. They that. shouldn't. Be, yeah. Oh, great! Come on now. Uh, it, uh, illegals are voting locally, and it's not illegal for them to do it. If the local government says it's okay, they yeah, should be able to vote federally. No, I disagree. Illegals can't be here. How can they vote? Let's get Bianca on this because uh, this is her report. Actually, they can in San Francisco. So tell me about – that's why I wanted to ask you about that. So that – to me, let me just mm-hmm. state my position, and then we'll get Pianchi's position. My position is very clear. Slow down, Greg. My position is very clear. Illegals can't be here. Therefore, they can't do anything here. They can't live here. They can't work here. They can't send their kids to school here. They can't pay taxes here. They can't do anything here because they can't be here. So the idea that illegal aliens can vote when um, – Immigrants, lawful immigrants cannot vote, and rightly so, because they're not citizens yet. Only citizens can vote. So why is San Francisco allowing illegal aliens to vote? Because they believe they contribute something to the local economy, and therefore they're entitled to a vote. But they can't be and, here. You know, so uh, they can't, they're, they're, not, they're not allowed to contribute anything to the local I, economy because they I, can't be don't here. Don't ask me to explain it. That's But that's my do. logic. It's like if you can't be here, how can – so this is my thing too. Do you, illegal aliens can't pay taxes. They don't check IDs. They don't check okay, IDs. That's the problem. Here's how the process works. Okay. You, all you have to do is go in and register to vote, and you can give them any address and any name you want. Mm-hmm. And um, – then you just have to use the same information when you go to vote or when you send in your ballot, and that's that. So the information has to match and the signature has to match, and that's all you need. Um, I've I've been a fan of you know ID voting for some time. Either like you know just get a just get a card with sure a fingerprint on it or something like that. <laughs> you're losing your progressive credentials every time you do stuff like this. It's, it's quite fascinating. Well, um, it just it just 
it's it's a kind of a security issue because it's like okay. you know what's to stop the same person from doing submitting you know the same you know twenty different ballots just using a slightly different name. Um, so uh, well, yeah, it's least the question be like that, uh, something of a problem. Uh, well, the problem is there's a procession problem too because and I'll get back to Pianchi in a second. But we've got a problem where where you know a lot of millions of us believe that the election was stolen, you know, and it was stolen by things like fake IDs, false IDs, illegal aliens voting, um, mail order, mail in, ballot harvesting, all the, the myriad ways, you know, fraudulent counting, extra counting, fraudulent ballots, the whole bit. And it really comes down on the Democrat Party who did it and the Republican Party who let them. And so, how do we resolve this? You know what's going to happen next time? Well, it, I I don't believe it happened. <laughs> okay. I can't help you. Okay, um, well, that's fine. I, I think some of the, some of that did happen, but not not to the extent that would be of any significant value, any significant statistical value. There, were, I did see Dinesh D'Souza's little film there. I thought, you know, oh, I, 2000 I was Mule? very disappointed in him. Okay. Yeah, I, I was very disappointed show, in him because it just didn't really seem like the kind of work that he was capable of. And he did have some anecdotal evidence to support that claim, but it really wasn't, you know, you're talking about maybe like a few hundred votes or something like that. It's not something okay. that would really influence the president. Now, you know, I completely the disagree number, with you on that. The number of ballots that was in his film was not no few hundred. It did happen that way. Heck, I've been witnessing that in some areas in St. Louis County for a long time. They did stuff the ballot. How are you going to have that was delivered in an envelope it was not folded, no folds on it at all. It was just a plain sheet of paper. Well, not a plain sheet of paper, but it was a, a whole piece of paper that some idiot took it and made it to be a mail-in ballot and didn't have enough sense to fold it. So, yes, it did. And if you look at the count, uh, the Trump didn't lose by that many. It was within less than 100,000 in places, and especially the key states. But, yes, they did do that. Democrats do that all the time. Not all the time, but it well as here because there's a monologue out of compilation of complaints that Democrats waged back in 2000, 2002, 2004, 2006, when uh, they lost elections. And no one came and said that the uh, uh, what you're talking about is false. You're trying to uh, steal the election and so on, so on, so on. Bianca? Uh, I, I really yeah. can't respond. Okay. All right. <laughs> it, so let's, so not, again. It's just not uh, there. Um, I'm sorry, yeah. guys. You know, I love good conspiracy as much as the next girl, but it's just not there. Okay, just just to let uh, everybody know that the reason you're on is not to try and convince you of conservative ideas or have you you know try and we, that's that's not the purpose here because you know we I, I hear shows doing that. What I want from you is insight. So I want to know what what you think mm-hmm. of the perception that a lot of people have that the election was stolen, including me. I absolutely am convinced of it. So we've got an election coming up. You know we've got COVID mandates allegedly coming back a lot of the justification for things like mail-in ballots and things like that um was to was to create uh, uh, and i believe that that's the way that the vote fraud happens so the question is perception wise does the democrat party plan to do the same thing again do they plan to you know uh get as many covid mandates going as possible go back to mail-in ballots things like that that's where i think it's going to be a problem well mail-in ballots are generally a good thing um, I hope they don't do mask mandates it just it's, it just seems kind of 
silly. Um, it, did, it didn't really feel like it was that effective the first time. It also seems like it's kind of a poor tax, too, because uh, whenever you have to go to, like, a low-end clinic or something like that, they make you wear a mask even though it's not the law. But, you know, if you go to someplace nice in Pacific Heights, they don't, they don't even try to get you to do that. So it just ends up being, like, kind of a poor tax. And, um, you know, the, the one thing that you guys have going for you is that the government lies to us. And no, we know that. that. You lose trust. <laughs> that we definitely yeah, have in common, yeah. So we, we accept that. Yeah, we both don't like the deep state. When you do that, you lose trust. And trust is a very mm-hmm. difficult thing to get back. You can't just wave a magic wand and say, hey, we're under new management, and it was those guys. Yeah. And no one's really buying that. So um, what that becomes very problematic in things like a pandemic or an epidemic where they need people to believe the government and they need them to believe them, believe them quickly. Because they're going to be like, no, you're trying to pull something again. And, you know, there goes, you know, I actually wrote a couple of emails to, you know, um, uh, what's Fauci saying, you know, you shouldn't have lied to people about the mass thing. And you needed to really crack down on this thing before it mutated. And, of course, they didn't, and that's what they did. And the damn thing mutated into something that was um, more virulent. And, but... Yeah, he, you know, he definitely lied to us. I watched him lie, telling us that you know masks really don't help that much because production was well, not. I've all. seen them yeah, try to yeah, scare yeah. black people and people of color into not taking the vaccine by you know, um, you know, trying to bring up documentaries of Tuskegee Airmen and things like that that were like um, um, experimented on without no consent and things. There like was that. no Tuskegee Airmen movie brought about had to do with the vaccine. Tuskegee Airmen. Well, no, they were using previous, previous No, there's the experiment. Tuskegee, this is where it gets, Frankie's right. Frankie, why don't you talk about that? Because there's a Tuskegee experiment and there's a Tuskegee Airmen. And they're two totally yeah. different, uh, two different stories. No, yeah. Whites did yeah. not inject black men with syphilis. They already had it. They just didn't treat them. But I'm going to get back to the ballot thing. This is why you okay. need – there should be a separate ballot for federal candidates and separate of the state and local because state and local are going to do what they want to. But according to the Constitution, you can have a separate ballot that has nothing on it but the federal candidates, president, U.S. Congress, U.S. Senator. Because yeah, that's a good idea, but elections cost money, and um, it's better to control. No, it's, it's, uh, it's yeah. all had at the same time. It's not the, the federal government pays that's what the I mean. states. The federal government pays the states for the federal candidates being on their ballot. Federal candidates shouldn't be on a state and local ballot. They should be standalone. That way, illegals can't be voting for federal candidates. As it is now, you get a ballot that has state issues, local issues, and at the top of it, you got federal candidates. Well, a person that's illegal will walk right on up the ballot and start checking off along the federal candidates. And you do not know who that ballot is coming from. There's no name on it. So you're proposing that there be two registration processes, one for um, local and one for federal. Yes, you should have a vetting process for federal. Right now, you got local elections where you got illegals participating, 
and good to God, you don't know what kind of vetting process they got going on. And Greg well, said he shouldn't be voting anyway, but you can't stop them. Let, let me just hold you up on that point. We've only got about five minutes left, and there's a couple more issues I want to cover. So I'm just going to – let's touch on this briefly. But the big pro- – here's a problem that you're going to have in San Francisco. If you've got illegal aliens voting, how do you know who won the election? Because, you know, these people can't vote. And, and, and can illegals vote for – can illegal aliens run for office in San Francisco? Oh, I, rem- I muted the wrong person. I'm sorry. At least My, serve I, on I, committees I want... and commissions. Yeah, I had you muted. You can at least do that. There. Okay, so so let me just rephrase that again because I, I, I had you muted for uh, mistakenly. So can illegals run for office in San Francisco? I believe they can at least serve on committees and commissions where you have to, um, where there is like a, what they call like a micro, um, a so where micro does it end? voting. Of, so where, where, where does the, the uh, extent of illegal alien power end? Can they be cops in San Francisco? That's a question Josie had earlier. Um, yeah, that's that's something they're 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 getting towards. I, I think that they're doing that in New York, which is kind of causing a lot of the problems. They were saying um, yesterday on America's Voice or one of these networks, and I watched them all, including RT, and um, they were saying that the people in these ho- that they were putting in these hotels after 30 days they get like a work permit or something, and then they become cops in New York. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's the plan for them. Um, I, I think the discussion we we just had, you know, um, brings us in, in, is a nice segue into ranked choice voting, which has worked out very nicely for us here in San Francisco. Okay. And it'll work out for the right and the left, but it's something opposed by post, by both parties. But you might explain that real quickly, and I think we'll save uh, political and economic refugees for, the next for next time because that'd be a, that's a big topic, yeah. Um, but so ranked choice voting, uh, it doesn't sound like mm-hmm. a good idea. But I don't even like the I don't even like having parties because uh, all the uh, you know we don't get a choice in elections; we get a choice that the parties give us, and so that's a problem for both Republicans. Well, that's, and that's the other way you get around it because you won't need to have a primary because the primary is done right then. That's that's what that's what happens with the parties give you your candidates during the primary, and they don't advertise for the primary the way they should. Um, that's, that's a big part of the problem. If you want the candidate that you want, you really got to help them out you know, before the primary election. Otherwise, you're just going to get the two ones. Well, the primary is important, unfortunately, now, because that's when the yeah. candidates are chosen. Yeah. So, 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 here's, so here's the situation I see it. So the, the reason a lot of Republicans you know, hate California is, is this open primary law. This happened before I left. So you had a situation where anybody could vote for whatever party they want. And we used to have the top Republican and the top Democrat on the ballot for each office. Well, it became because of the, open, the new open primary law, you could have two Democrats running. So there'd be no Republicans running for, for various offices or anybody else for that matter. So you had your choice of which Democrat you wanted. And that infuriated a lot of people. Yeah. So now you're saying with ranked choice voting, is this going to get worse or better? Or how does ranked choice is you, you no, read it what, one, better. two, and it gets three? It better or? for everybody. Because then, how? you know, Tell me how. like somebody like, say, like a Freedom Caucus guy is being primaried out, the, they, they would win a ranked choice election in a, in a hyper-conservative state. And that goes to another thing called the hoteling model, and this is something I learned about in economics. And it, it's what they use in politics all the time. That's how you get the, you know, the candidates is maybe sound almost identical except for like three wedge issues. Um, the hoteling model just basically explains that you want, you know, there's, there's the voter on the, it's a very 
of the Y, and that's your, your your ideal guy. And then there's the ones at the extreme of the Y. It's like there's, there's imagine these two Ys, and you're trying to move them as closely together to take as much votes from the other guy without losing any votes. And that's how they do their messaging. And that's why I think there's a perception that elections are stolen because um, over like decades they've managed to tweak this model so that they can get um, you know these kind of two you know, Manchurian candidates, as it were. <laughs> and um, and they they all sound, you know, they don't really sound like they're speaking for a lot of people. They just kind of sound like they're speaking towards somebody that really you know, is not relatable. Um, and uh, that's because of the hoteling model right there. Um, yeah, I got, I'm, not, I'm not clear on the concept yet. We'll have to, I'll have to think about that and do some research. It, it requires the a graph. I shouldn't have explained it without a graph. That's okay. But, um, Send me something yeah. we can talk about next week. So the hoteling concept. Yeah, to me, if you have a rank choice, well, the whole, the whole way the elections work is crazy. The biggest problem is you have two parties yeah. that dominate everything. And they represent a very narrow band of, of political thought. Um, you know, you got the, the House Freedom Caucus, you know, to the right of the House, to the right of Republicans. You've got the progressives to the left. So this is my 10 second warning to the left of the Democrats. So we've got um, we've got definitely extremes. So the parties are not representative and yet they control everything. They control the no. debates. They control the elections. They control the primaries. They control all kinds of stuff. Crazy how that works. Well, here's your food for thought on ranked choice voting. Okay. Both parties oppose it. And that should tell you something. And both parties also apparently oppose a term limit, which was the first pledge I signed. And polling shows that 80 percent of Americans want term limits in Congress. So when both parties oppose something, you know you're on to something. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, no, actually, that's a good point. I have never been a fan of term limits because I don't see why replacing, you know, one corrupt person who's there for 40 years with, you know, four corrupt people who are there for 10 years. You know, it, it, you still got corrupt people. So the system doesn't change with term limits. It's like the reason I have a constitutional amendment uh, that takes away the power of Congress to borrow money, and it has no emergency clause, escape clause, no pandemic clause, no war clause, nothing like that, is because you're not going to get a solution if you, if you give them a way out. You know, and, and this just seems to be well, a, that's one a, way know, to look at it. But another way to look at it is, is that you're getting in, you know, more people, and eventually you might get a good egg. And, uh, you know, you're getting in younger people and we're not having in like these, you know, fossils who are literally decomposing in front of us, like Feinstein and Pelosi and um, that guy from Kentucky, uh, McConnell. Um, well, you know, you're getting there, fresh, yeah, fresh blood. I think there should be a competency test. I mean, I don't mind that. You have a competency test, competency test to drive. You know, once you get over a certain age and you can't function, you know, same thing. With, and and yeah. the government has mandatory retirement age. It's the age mandatory Retirement age yeah, for law true. enforcement is 57. 57, they kick you out. I didn't even start my radio career until I was 57. You know, <laughs> so but 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 by then you're kicked out. Okay, so that's a great, I mean, that's are, a great point, are, Greg. Yeah, there are limits. So it doesn't mean you're you know you're you're useless at, at any particular age. But there's certain things. If you're you know 85 and you've lost your your Not coherence. Not to mention them. What are they called? Air traffic controllers. You know, they are, yeah. they're only allowed to work for like 10 years or something like that before they have to. Because well, it's, it's too, too high stressful. And let's remember that the president carries the nuclear football. He can initiate a nuclear response with no authorization from anybody but himself. He can issue an you know, attack any country he wants with no authorization from anybody but himself. He's the commander-in-chief. And um, so there should definitely be a number of tests before you let somebody like that 
you know, mm-hmm. control nuclear weapons and, you know, uh, the most powerful military in the history of, of the world. So, so, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Democrats put him there. The Democrats can take him out again. You know, uh, you can 25th Amendment him. You can do all kinds of things. You can convince him to resign. I think he should have been 25th a long time ago. Okay. Unfortunately, he's well insured by Kamala Life and Harris. <laughs> Kamala Harris Life and Well, casualty. see, that's so here's so here's just let me leave you this thought too. So the thing to do to me, uh, you know, for for Americans, Independents, Republicans, Conservatives, you know, those of us, you know, I'm I'm basically an anti-federalist. I'm way to the right of pretty much everybody. Um, is that if the Democrats want to have any credibility, you know, you need to do something about uh, Joe Biden, because the Republicans have no credibility with me, because they haven't done anything about Joe Biden. They haven't defunded his government. They haven't restricted him. They haven't done a, a bunch of things that they could do in the House right now. We'll see what happens when they come back from their, their little recess. When they yeah, they're the a little office. too white gloves. Well, they don't do anything. You know, and I fault it. I said, yeah, you know, uh, don't take this personally. Because it's not I said, statesmanlike uh, to do. This. Yeah, but <laughs> until the until the Republican DAs start arresting people, like Democrat DAs are, are going after Trump, you know, they're going to keep doing it. Democrat, you know, and so to me, this is needless persecution, prosecution. It's it's illegal just because they're trying to suppress Trump from being on the ballot, and so this kind of stuff. So the Democrat Party, you know, for a lot of the country, does not look good, and even to and like even yeah. to you, you know, in the Democrat Party. And so there's a big yeah. problem. So, so do you, can you give me a little insight? This is my, I guess my last question. Into this election season, do you want the COVID mandates back? Are you going to have more mail-in vo- voting? Is there going to be something done? Or something can be done about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? Because neither one of them are fit for office. No. So what, what do you do? Um, my guess is, is that Biden's done. And I think even he knows it, too. If when? If you can remember which, 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 what zip code he's in. Um <laughs> Does he get and, the primary uh, season? Does I, I he, don't want any he, COVID things unless there's yeah. unless they're absolutely necessary. Okay. And um, and mail-in voting is is great. Um, I I've been saying we should do online voting, you know, for a long time. You just hmm. put it. You give one social security number, one vote, and that's that. Um, the, if those use, numbers are they, checked, the government uses the internet for everything. You know, the IRS does. All they do is. You apply for your government account, and they email you like a, pa- a password. You put that in. Or they mm-hmm. they don't email you. They mail you a password to a mm-hmm. physical address. You have to pick it up, open it, and then input the password, and then they know you're a real person. Seems <laughs> It works great, and then you can use it for voting too. Um, and then I think this will solve your immigrant problem too. Uh, of course, they can find ways around it, but you know, the well, thing is, is that everybody's entitled to vote, and you need – to tell people you need an ID or something like that is kind of unconstitutional. No, um, I disagree. Uh, uh, so, we should uh, put this down for my next chat, voter ID, because, and I'll tell you why, yeah. because be, just because you have a right um, doesn't mean that the government has to, you know, give you every means to exercise it. So, so, so the government cannot prevent you from exercising a right. Government can't stop anybody from voting, but they don't have to include all kinds of policies that, uh, to me, promote vote fraud. It's, it's like free speech. You know, we have the right of free speech. The government cannot restrict our speech, even though mine was just restricted on Facebook. Uh, and I would argue public accommodation, yeah. but that's, that's another show too. But the, question, but the thing is, the government doesn't have to give me a computer so that I can exercise free speech. Government doesn't have to give me a gun so that I can exercise my Second Amendment rights. The government does not have to pay for mail-in voting, ballot harvesting, uh, and all these other things. And they certainly can check ID. You're not stopping anybody from voting. You're just showing their eligibility. You know, it's like a background check for a gun. If that's constitutional, then voter ID is certainly constitutional. 
And so this is there's this is no a big, lack of hypocrisy in yeah. any of this. Yeah. But right. a right a right is a prevention from the government stopping you from doing something or infringing on your ability to do something. A right is not something given. That's where I draw the line. We've we've talked about, you know, and this is where it gets to, you know, guaranteed housing and guaranteed income. To me those aren't rights because you've been given something. And you've been given something from the labor uh, and time and property of somebody else. And that's where I draw the line as to what's a right. A right is what you can do. You can vote. Well, well let's also remember, voting. too, that the Constitution uh-huh. is meant to be a fluid document as well. So, mm, you know, and I think. Disagree. That's a whole show right there. It let's can be changed. It can be legally changed. And uh-huh. I think it should be when it when it suits the needs of the country. Um, you know, like democracy itself is, you know, the idea that it can't be improved is ridiculous. You know, you can do like, you know, five votes for, you know, every person instead of one or like more votes if you have a college degree Not or something either. like that. There's all kinds of different ways you can make it better. Um, wow. But we really That's need to That's a great topic. Things. Oh, I, I, we, I would, yeah. we would have fun with that. If, more, more votes for college. Because people always you know, take it as static, you know, one vote, uh-huh. one person. But that was, you know, that was right. created thousands of years ago. Like, you can't tell me, you know, in all the evolution that we had that we can't improve something like that. You know, bull. So hmm. <laughs> we can definitely yeah. improve it. We can definitely tweak it. And we can yeah. definitely make it more equitable. So this is why I, this I is why, uh, yeah, see, I see it completely. To me, the Constitution is a contract. It, it's a binding contract between the states and oh, the federal government. Uh, it's not fluid. It's amendable, but it's certainly not fluid. It's certainly not living. Living in the sense that it's it is a poor choice of words, but it is the point. No, is no, that's actually it. that's a very common phrase. A lot of people say that, so that's mm-hmm. that's actually a good way to put it. That the Constitution is a living document, you know, adaptable to uh, you know various. I learned that in constitutional law back in college. Um, I actually contacted my constitutional professor. I tried to get him on, but he's he's nursing home, and he's he told me he's like I can't do it. You know, I'm doing that kind of stuff now. Guys, mm-hmm. yell at me. But that was back in the '80s. Anyway, um, point being that uh, the, the understanding the Constitution is a, is a huge difference, and we look at it two different ways. To me, what, what it says is what it means. I don't, I don't need originalist intent or history. I don't need any of that stuff. So what it means is what it says. You know, if, you're, if your bank account mm-hmm. was living, you know, it was a living document, the bank could say, well, you have got $200 today and you got $50 tomorrow. Well, we just, you know, it's, it's living. We just amended it. What? No, you know, uh, try, try try conducting business under a under a living contract. You know, where the rules keep changing. You know, what if your taxes were living? Well, we were charging you this much, but we decided <laughs> to change the rate because it's it's a living document. I don't think so. Bianca, thank you so much. This has been fun. Um, so right. just to let everybody know your regular time next week, uh, Wednesday, uh, you'll be right after Bonnie Nesbitt with her her uh, James Bond report or Jane Bond report. Uh, so we get into scandals and news and all kinds of stuff with her. So this is going to be fun. Um, but uh, we'll get you on regularly because obviously we have too much to talk about. Uh, and it, what I really love is all the different things that, you know, you bring up things that, that conservatives would never think of. And so it's great. It's, it's really kind of cool. Anyway, I'll give you the last word, and then we'll do it uh, next week. Yeah, it's just been fun. If you want to know more about Bianca, just go to biancaforsanfrancisco.org. You'll find all of our social media links and how we can uh, you can post things on our Facebook, yell at me, whatever. I <laughs> Do whatever you need to do. Um, but we'd like to just uh, talk to people who just have questions. That's it. Yes, have and, and just let everybody know, you can talk to progressives and socialists. You can. We can have reasonable discussions. Uh, that alone mm-hmm. is a revolution or a revelation for a lot of people. So that's another good reason to have you on. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. 
So I never didn't play. I didn't play anything. I didn't play art. I just played one little uh, thing on our, our, our uh, what I call the surf promo. So we have a bunch of stuff to play. So let's start our information. Contact information, everything else you need. Back again tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Uh, Central Time, when we will do it all again. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Grave Care. And now as an affiliate of Grave Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. 
Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.